from in the people's corner, the <laughs> unconstitutional corrupted state of Connecticut, USA, Inc. The Italian Clydesdale Bonatati. Let's see if we get anybody who wants to call in and uh, open this room up with me, picking up where we left off. I thought we had a lot of good dialogue. Boy, that eight plus hour episode, uh, a lot of folks, 330, I think we're up to 340 views now. And I know I've had other shows I've called into and things come up that I'd like to expand on. So let me start with Kim Iverson and Jimmy Dore finally are covering the World Economic Forum. And Klaus Schwab, Yuval Haraldi. Is that how you say it? Yuval Haraldi, I think. Where's Loki when I need him? Um, or Schmarf. Schmarf, you out there, Schmarf? <laughs> Andrew, where's... Where's the cavalry? Come on in, boys. Um, I checked what was in Colin right now. I didn't see. Uh, there's two. Uh, there's two. I think there's two live rooms right now. Boy, last night it was loaded, wasn't it? Man, I looked at it. There was like seven live rooms going on at the same time. They. they I needed a call. Come on, Brady. Come on in. Let's. Let's let's talk about it, man. So anyway, so. Finally, Kim Iverson and Jimmy Dore recently covered the World Economic Forum. Finally, right? I'm repeating the opener here. And they highlight Dr. Dr. Evil, Klaus Schwab, and his sidekick, Yuval Harari. Noah Harari. What do we got here? Oh, is, is it your calls are turned off? Shit. How do I, what do I do, brother? How do I, what do I do now? Callers. Confirm. Turn on the setting. We'll allow participants. Okay. Did that help? <clears throat> Can you call in now, Brady? I thought I opened that up when I, I must have. Oh, I forget. You know what it is? I restarted the show to put a different picture in, and I forgot to open it. Hey, man. What what just happened? Uh, right to speak. Force. Why did it go to the page? Hold on a minute. I'll invite you to speak. I don't care. Come on up. I can't hear you. Hold on a second. Let me. Are you there, Brady? Can you hear me? I'm here. Just let you know you're breaking up a little bit. Huh. I got the same device. I'm sitting it's in the same spot. Is that any better? Maybe if I shake it around a little bit. No, I got no, a crappy no. internet connection. It was like a temporary thing. It happened like once and then it stopped. Oh, cool. So what do you think? Did you hear me that Yuval Harari and Dr. Eva, that Kim Iverson and Jimmy Dore, both on the within a couple of days, finally covered the World Economic Forum. Wait, what? Oh, they covered the World Economic Forum. Yeah. Yeah, if you go to, I, in fact, you know what I'll do? I'll put it in the live chat. I load it into my clip tray, the episodes. You know what I mean? So they covered it like in a critical light is what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, both Kim. So who both. was the first one to do it? Who was the first one? It was Jimmy Dore first? You know, uh... It's a blur. They both did it within the last couple of days. I don't remember who did the first episode, to be the, honest with you. One was commenting on the other one. <laughs> no, they didn't comment on one another. No, they uh, were strictly commenting on um, on on the WEF. And they both covered it in a little different way. But um, 
Cool. Let me see. So I'm trying to um, multitask here. So, okay. So I got one up. I'm going to put the other episode up. Ooh, and I'm not Go ahead. Much appreciated, man. Uh, I was just going to ask if you can do that for us. It'd be great. I mean, I can check it. I mean, I'm subscribed to both of them on YouTube, but just for people who aren't, you know, already. I'm looking forward to that, man. That's pretty cool news. You're starting to see the left and the right come together, you know? Um, yeah. It's a little, might be a little too little too late, but uh, it's nice to see at the end of the world. <laughs> well, Jimmy Dorn, Kim Iverson, always kind of didn't see everything eye to eye, but they, they you know, uh, they're, they're pretty much the same ideology. Uh, Kim, Kim's a little more conservative for sure. I agree with you on that. Um, but she's open, you know, she's like a flower that's blooming. She used to be a runway model, yeah. right? That was her history. I think. Oh, right? what was she? She was a what model? She was a runway model. Oh, I can see that dude. I have the hugest crush on her and she just got married to a man. Who I know. Really love her and she doesn't really love. So I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to, my goal is to get Kim Iverson. See, I wanted to steal Crystal Ball from Kyle Kalinske. <laughs> I heard that. How'd you say that? <laughs> um, I feel like she could do so much better. I don't know what that woman is thinking right now, but it's going to be I know. amazing for Kyle when this blows up in his face. I think he's bitten off more than he can chew. Uh, <clears throat> hey, dude, but, let me ask you something. I thought she was already married. Maybe I'm I'm mistaken. Oh, I thought... Actually, no, they're getting married. You're right. I think you're right. They, he did ask her to marry her. She said, yeah. They're getting married. I I was under the impression she had kids. I don't know if she had a previous marriage. Maybe I'm wrong as far as Crystal. She had kids. She had kids. I still wanted to marry her. Shit. Oh, yeah. I thought she was adorable. Um, and cool, uh, hot. All the cool things. Well, I'm happy for him. I mean, maybe I, I just feel like she could. There's, there's more deserving men out there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I agree with you. I was a little surprised, to be honest with you, that it was Kyle. But, but yeah, you know. Did no, one Crystal, did no one let Crystal know her worth? Like, I'm, I'm just a little offended. Well, also, she <laughs> seems like she's more objective than, I don't know, Kyle. She uh, is more objective I, than Kyle. She's more of a man than Kyle. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Well, as far as uh, Kim, uh yeah, you check out her runway. There's some photos. I, well, it's been a while since I checked her out as far as images, but there used to be images of her as a model, you know? Oh, my God. Check those out. Doing a runway, you know what I mean? She was thinner then, of course. She's gotten a little heavier, but, of course, got a little older. But, um, yeah, but she's for real. I like her. She's The way I see Kim is... She's evolving, you know, she's breaking through the mass formation psychosis. You know what I mean? She's always evolving. Yeah. And then I appreciate about her. She's, and when, I'm telling you, dude, she just needs like one, maybe one good trip on some mushrooms, like two pounds <laughs> of mushrooms. She's going to divorce her husband. <laughs> She'll divorce her husband. She'll be back on the market. And she'll be looking for you, the, the mushroom master, right? She'll be looking for real men, exactly. You got to send her some mushrooms and maybe that, you know, pull, you know, that'll be your uh, lure. Throw out the line with some mushrooms, you know. Well, I, yeah, I think a lot of guys who, uh, who are, you know, in our, so at least opening up to the mass formation psychosis and trying to unlearn all the crap we learned growing up and get a better picture of things certainly have 
looked at people like I looked at people like Kim Iverson. I'm like, she's got a good sized platform <laughs> and she's a pretty lady and she's got intelligence. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have aspirations for Kim. I'm an old man compared to her, but someone like that, my generation would be great. You know what I mean? Someone yeah. I, I can I relate like to. Her, I'd like to see her be romantically rescued. <laughs> you got to keep yeah. tripping. Maybe you could do something on the mushroom, like the mushroom plane somewhere. Is there a song about mushrooms somewhere that I'm missing? Could... There are not enough songs about mushrooms. It's a fantastic point. Not nearly enough songs written about mushrooms. So during the 60s and 70s, no one was tripping and making any music that you know of? Oh, they were making music. Uh, but like Jethro Tull, were they mushrooms? Or... Actually, in the 60s and 70s, they were just discovering mushrooms. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, they weren't wildly popular. Like the, Mushrooms are a very niche thing back in the 70s and 60s, even though okay. they're growing all over America. Some people knew about them. Uh, some folk people knew about them, you know, but uh, not a lot of regular common folk. I mean, they're growing all over America. No one knew what the fuck they were, you know. Everyone was doing LSD in the 60s is what the kids were into. And then, you know, we started getting interested in mushrooms, and that's when the government cracked down, made everything super legal, and designated it as the forbidden fruit. <clears throat> oh, is that right? And, uh, yeah. Yep, so we, we barely got a taste of mushrooms before they were made illegal. They were made illegal? I didn't know that. Yeah, they're an automatic felony. They're not, are they, they're not legal now, though, right? They're legal in Florida, Colorado, California, parts of California, uh, Canada, other fantastic places around the world like Thailand are making them legal soon too. <clears throat> I had no idea. I thought they were totally legal. I couldn't imagine them being illegal in my mind, but wow. Yes, I'm yeah, not. You know, it's an automatic felony and it ruined my life. It's the reason I don't have a family right now. Um, it's what I got arrested for in 2011. They arrested you for having mushrooms on you? Two grams. Oh my God! You got to be freaking kidding me! What a dumb unbelievable music festival! How much? How much time driving. did they weren't, they weren't even in my possession? I wasn't even driving the car. What? How long did you spend behind bars for that? About six months. Oh, oh my God! What the hell's wrong with this country? He got the major white collar criminals in the court systems and the government they screwing over the people, taking their homes, getting bonuses. You know what I'm talking about, the banksters. And you go to prison. What the fuck? Unbelievable. It's a mandatory but, uh, minimum of two years, but I was lucky enough to get probation. Unbelievable. And then we got Biden, the freaking crackhead or whatever he's doing. And of course, nothing. It's, 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 it, I, don't, I think the thing is people see it and they realize they can bitch about it and they can protest and they can vote and nothing changes. You know what I mean? From 2008, the banksters to now, nothing's changed. You know what I mean? The Chase Morgan gets fined through the F by the FTC for huge amounts of money. Th those guys don't get any criminal charges. And the, you look at Pfizer. They're one of the heaviest fine American companies ever. And they, they vote, we're going to trust them to run vaccine trials. It's like the criminals run the world, don't they, Brady? 
Yes, the world is actually run by a mafia criminal type organization. We've essentially let the bullies take over and all the good people are just crying and bitching about it without even having the spine to even approach the situation as a reality. And we well, talked about I, this yesterday on uh it was uh one of the alcoholics rooms, uh Sean's room. They were having one of those drinking rooms and uh this guy came on it was so funny and weird. This is an interesting phenomenon I noticed yesterday. Um, I was in Sean's room. They're doing a drinking game. It's like everyone that came on, Sean was like, oh, wow, that was just fucking brilliant. Dude. I love everything you just said. You are fucking brilliant. I just, I just love it, and you're fucking amazing. That's all I wanted to say, man. You're fucking awesome. Right? <laughs> hey, Brady, I, I don't know if you can move the phone or speak close. I don't know it's the app, but I can hardly hear you. I don't. Can the listeners hear Brady? Because I can hardly hear him. My, Anybody out there? Give my me my phone a- locked. I apologize. Yeah, when, when your phone locks, uh, it kind of fucks up. Uh, I hear you better now. Go ahead. Yeah. What did you say before that last sentence? I I couldn't yeah. catch it, Brady. I was in Sean's room the other day, and I noticed this phenomenon that like after people would come up and speak, Sean would just he he'd give him like this uh. The Donald Trump treatment. I call it the Trump treatment. You got to Trump him up a little bit. You know, uh, he'd be like, everything you just said is fucking amazing. Like, I completely agree with everything you said. You're uh-huh. fucking awesome. I just want to say I love you. And, like, you're fucking awesome and amazing, dude. And that's great. Now, everybody take a shot. You know, like that kind of, like, vibe, you know. And then, like, some guy came on right before me. And he was, like, this, you know, brilliant little British dude. And he was basically saying all of my talking points, like everything that I've been saying for the last few like months here on Colin and getting criticized for, uh, he spilled out. He was like, Hey, we need to be paying attention to Whitney Webb and we need to focus on the Jeffrey Epstein network and both sides need to be working together and blah, blah, blah. And Sean's like, that was fucking brilliant and amazing. And you're awesome. And then like, (laughs) I came on right after that. And, uh, I basically reiterated his points and I forget what I said. I really hope he posts the room, dude. I don't think he's going to post it. But uh, it was fucking good, dude. It was hilarious. Wait, wait. So Schnarf and uh, Sean were, like, together as speakers. And I was one of the callers. And, like, Schnarf had to try as hard as he could to be cool. <laughs> Schnarf, Schnarf, In a room Schnarf. where he couldn't block me, dude. And people in the people in the chat were like, Snarf was getting pissed off. Like, he was getting overtly, like, pissed that I was there. You know what I mean? Like, calling me a trust fund baby, all this kind of shit. And fucking, I don't, I wish I had a trust fund. I don't know if I have a trust fund or not. I don't think I have a trust fund. That'd be sweet if I did. Let um, me ask you. I, but, I, uh, I, I don't even know. Listen, let's, I know you're having this thing going with Smarf. Anyway, that's his I call him Smarf. Of me. But, uh, but I put them both in their place, like, pretty well. And it felt good. And even Sean had to admit that I have some good ideas. <laughs> and so I finally, like, healed a little bit of the beef between me and Sean, at least. <laughs> but he did not give me the same treatment at all. Like, after I was done talking, it's like, okay, yeah, well, next person. <laughs> it was so funny. i like, why are these people so childish, you know? Um, and I think a lot of it is to blame on alcohol. This is, like a cultural phenomenon that I've noticed that it's alcohol is turning adults into full-grown children. If you'll notice, it's the alcoholics who are always acting like fucking high school children. 
and they hey, Brady, listen. They drive like yeah. high school children. You know, Brady, Brady, can you hear me? Things. They cause problems. It's a real know. fucking issue. Brady, um, can you hear me? We need to clean ourselves up. And I think one of the fastest, most effective ways to clean our, ourselves up as a culture is by utilizing plant medicines to reduce our alcohol consumption. It doesn't seem like rocket science, but apparently this is like the hardest button to button for a lot of people. <laughs> what do you think about that? I know, First, you, I want to ask you, can you still hear me? Have you? You're a psychedelic virgin, huh? Brady, can you hear me? Brady? You with me, William? You all right? Can you hear me? I don't know what happened. Man, I can see your blue circle moving, but I can't hear you. Oh, shit. How about yeah, now? something's going down here. Let me I hold on a minute. I figured it out. No, you're good. I figured it out. I'm an idiot on my end. <laughs> oh, can you hear me now? I can totally hear you now. <laughs> okay. All right, that's good. I had my sound lowered all the way. I accidentally squeezed my phone and the volume was all the way down. Yeah, that happens to me. I'm always touching the screen or doing something. Embarrassing. Um, I'm glad I've never done that, but this is the first time I've done that. Sorry, dude. No problem. Um, you know, I, I, as far as the, I don't know if it, what's going on here. I kind of want to stay out of it, to be honest with you. I, I know maybe it's a generational thing i i have no idea i i witnessed it a little bit I in this dynamic you, I, can, I can explain exactly what's going on we've been psychologically primed to fear these substances these are the forbidden fruit of the garden of eden they're trying to build a new digital garden of eden you know the uh the metaverse which has a lot of benefits i'm very excited about for a lot of reasons but um unfortunately it likes so many good things in our lives like the green movement, for example, it's being weaponized against us and it's being turned into something shitty that serves the shittiest people. And I'm tired of letting bullies wreck shop. I'm tired of being ruled by the fucking worst of us. Um, they aren't that smart, creative, or intelligent, and they aren't beautiful. Um, and yeah, they're not aesthetic. Like they're not philosophically beautiful. They're not physically beautiful. Like, William, you're a big dude. You're not the healthiest guy in the world, but you're a handsome man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you have an honest look in your eye. You got a sparkle to you. You got, a, you got that, that charm in your voice. You know, it seems as though you have a beating heart within your chest. You know, there's some people out there in this world that simply lack that element, if you know what I mean. Well, um, yeah, I think one, one example was... Uh, I didn't know that, according to Jenny, Smarf had made some very uh, rude, kind of disparaging comments in live chat in the past. And so she kind of addressed that. And I think that the chance, see, one thing about calling, I think, Brady, that helps is people have a chance to speak and they can hear one another. They may not agree, but we can hear, you know, each other's voice and the way we inflect and what our hearts are really feeling. When it comes through the live chat or any email or chat, it's always uh, filtered through one lens, you know, our own. So I think the great thing about calling is people can can pick up a lot more. Most of our communications, obviously, uh, uh, well, both visual, uh, facial recognition and expression, which we can't do here, but certainly our voice and how we're emphasizing words and stuff. It obviously, so I think 
that um, people react. I think, like, for Schmarf, I always joke around calling him Schmarf just to kind of give him a rise, you know. I know it's Snarf. But anyway, and um, then I said, that's not your real name, man? You know? <laughs> so anyway, but he gets hot under the collar about things, and he, he knows he's got to start. It's a, yeah. It was just a minor point, you know. Um, just that I, I, was, that I thought psychedelics could help not only Kim, but guys like those guys, you know. Um, and it, the people that it can help the most are the most afraid of it. There's like a fear of these substances because they know what's coming, you know. It's like, what? I have to confront my subconscious, all that stuff I've been putting away, all that shadow work I've been avoiding. What? <laughs> I have to confront that? No. <laughs> I'd rather well, do some SSRIs or I'd rather drink or something like that, you know. Um, but I think what people will find is that when you do the work, and you actually are ready to do it, you'll find that it's uh, totally rewarding. It's actually, you know, as scary as you think it is, if you do it right and responsibly, you know, it's like a feather pillow. It's like uh, you fall into the abyss expecting hell and you fall into a feather mattress, you know, and it's just like a nice chill environment. And your whole life afterwards is easier to manage and maintain better relationships. Um, I might have had that experience is I think, you know, we can be brought to a place of addressing our shadow self or disowned self through lots of different uh, processes, for lack of a better word, that, that, that you know. Sure, but those take um, months to years. I mean, we can both agree on that, right? It takes time, a lot of time, right? Well, I can, from my own experience, obviously was it a, uh, an unfolding, evolving thing over time in many layers. Um, child so we're abuse. talking decades. We're talking decades, right? Yeah. Well, you know, when you when you're, it depends. I think for certain people, um, the way they process, but also the levels of psychological and perhaps child abuse. The deeper the trauma, the deeper the the shadows. You know, and the darker, yeah. and you know, there's a lot more there, and so. Yeah. That I'm takes, talking about making all of that progress in a weekend, one weekend. Take um, all that decades of progress that it takes some people to recover from that kind of trauma. I'm talking about the kind of trauma you're talking about, like child rape, war, um, death, yeah. you know, um, real traumatic shit, the, the toughest shit you can imagine people going through. One weekend does decades worth of therapeutic work. And that's why we need it, because time is everything, you know? Well, um, you know, I, I haven't had the experience of using mushrooms. Maybe if I tried them, are they illegal in Connecticut? Do you know? Um, they are not um, legal in Connecticut, but what is legal is a mushroom grow kit. You can order a mushroom grow kit, you know, for growing oyster mushrooms, for growing any uh -huh. kind of mushrooms. And then the spores are completely legal. So you can order the spores and the mushroom kit separately. If you order them together, that's illegal. But if you order them separately, perfectly legal. And you can acquire spores and just drop them on your kit and do the thing and grow your own mushrooms at home. No one's going to fuck with you. Don't, don't sell them. You know what I mean? And that's the rule. Basically, it's the unwritten rule as it is, you know. Um, and don't, fuck, don't be irresponsible with it. Don't, don't be out in public on them, you know. Um, so, so let me like check sex. in with you. You, know, you. Keep it to yourself a little bit, you know. So, so 
You, so, so just so, so people are aware, you, you've got some felony uh, convictions for mushrooms, but you can buy the kit and grow the spores and there's no law against that is what you're saying. Is that what I'm exactly. hearing? And beyond that, there are some nutritional sub substances that are mildly psychedelic on their own. So the one that I take is N-acetylcysteine, NAC. Yeah, NAC, uh, I got that. Yeah. yeah, it's mildly psychedelic on its own. You'll you'll get a lot of the same benefits as a microdose from taking a therapeutic dose of NAC or N-acetylcysteine. What are we talking about dosage uh, when you say a, a therapeutic dose? It's about 600 milligrams, about half a gram, a little more than half a gram. Is that body, say I weigh 400 plus pounds, so yeah, is that like the dose? That should be good. Start with 600, you know. Um, uh -huh. A lot of people take 1,200 at a time. Okay. Um, but start with 600 see how you feel and talk to your doctor first it does affect your blood and your uh like your blood pressure yeah, It'll yeah. Lower, lower your blood pressure it's an anti-inflammatory uh -huh. so you, you need to take that into account you need to talk to your doctor but uh it does so many good things for your body in so many ways that chances are it's going to help whatever you got so you know, um, you know, yeah um in fact i bought it because of Medcram, the guy is a Dr. Sahal. He's a, he works in the hospital. He does a teaching format, Medcram for medical students. And he covered um, those, let's see, January, February, March of 2020, he did a thing on COVID and supplements. And one of the things he cited along with vitamin E, of course, and vitamin C and quercetin, quercetin it was NAC. And so, that's what I went with, uh, based on, and I, there's, I got 600 milligram capsules here. And, um, so what, what happened is I learned about black seed and honey through Dr. Mobin and I have major comorbidities. You know, I'm 400 plus pounds due to the pituitary endocrine disease. My vitals are in the lowest possible risk range. My doctor shocked from Yale and, and, and Sloan when I was getting the brain MRIs. So, um, so my vitals are great. They're like, you got the vitals of a 20 year old, you know, they don't understand it, but that's cause I don't eat foods that have glyphosates. I don't eat meat. I don't eat, I, I, I'm a vegetarian and, um, I try and get a complete uh, dietary income, the thumbnail version. So what I'm saying is, so I learned about the black seed study that, and I stopped taking the knack only because. Dr. Mobin cited the black seed and honey study in Pakistan, the hospital study that where people with severe COVID in the hospital, it dropped the death rate to 4% when all the other meds, the best they can do with monoclonals and uh, hydroxy and uh, two different form of monoclonals, hydroxy and but, 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 what was the other thing? Oh, remdesivir, the freaking death drug. They, they 25 to 18% death rate there, but 4%. So what I started doing was I just started I got this knack here. I haven't taken it a while is what I'm saying. I just started going with the black seed because, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I get tired of taking pills. I like the black seed because I buy it in the ground up seed. It's like a black cumin and uh, it has hydroxychloroquine in it. It has um, all kinds of property. Mo Bean's another one. When he does an analysis, he does it for like a medical student. And it's more than more information than I need. I just glean the idea that it works. Okay, it works. You know, I'm pretty much... Like I said, a meathead, it works, I'm going to use it. 
there's evidence. So that's why I stopped taking the NAC. But now that you mention it, I just, interesting, I just pulled it from the back of my supplement row to the front yesterday, thinking maybe I'll try taking that for inflammation because I need both hips replaced and a back surgery and it's tough. So, and I was looking for alternative anti-inflammatory things. So uh, I appreciate you saying that. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to dive into my neck. And I think because my body weight is twice the normal male, that maybe I can start with 600 and build up, try a little more and see how I do. Um, obviously, there's a lot more body mass. And so then fluids and stuff that things get diluted, you know what I mean? Uh, so anyway, I see Jonathan there. And um, listen, man, I was going to I was thinking I was going to name this, you know, global ideology. But uh, I didn't know if people who hadn't heard us talk or even did would if it would get the same kind of response. So I went with corruption again, corruption too. But I was saying when I opened the show, for those who, who just kind of jumped on, what I was saying when I opened up uh, the uh, episode is that uh, Kim Iverson and Jimmy Dore just in the last couple of days both covered Dr. Evil, Klaus Schwab, and his uh, Mephistophelian minion, uh, Yaval Noah Harari. So I posted the links in the chat uh, for both Kim Iverson and Jimmy Dore covering these guys. And I thought they both did a really good job. Um, I don't know if anyone else has seen that. I'd like to comment on it, but um, they're back to back in the live chat. So, um, uh, and that's the thing. Whoops. I mean, I went to the, I got to go back to the show. I accidentally went to home screen. So based on what they were saying, it echoes what my, my concerns you know, basically, Kim played the video that's on the WEF site where it's saying, you know, you'll own nothing, have no privacy, and be happy. She's like, this this has got to be a spoof. It can't be real. You know, the whole time she's talking about it, she said, this, this has got to be satire or something. There's got to be a kicker at the end. I forget the phrases she used. but And then she finishes, and this, this, is, this is not conspiracy theory. This is what they intend She's like, you know, she's like, I feel like saying, where you been, girl? <laughs> where you been? We've been talking about this for years. Hey, wait, hey, go back to 2018. The World Economic Forum site, what you need to know about the Belt and Road Initiative. You know, it's right there in our faces. You know, they want to make China the, obviously, the manufacturing and economic powerhouse of the world. That's the agenda, WEF. According to their own you know, if you can check it out. And so, well, we've seen that groundwork laid for a long time, right? With the NAFTA, North American Free Trade Agreement, Bayesian Free Trade Agreement, Asian Free Trade Agreement, now the TPP. Of course, the giant, that giant sucking sound. Remember Ross Perot? You don't want that. You don't want that. You're going to hear a giant sucking sound. We have jobs go to Mexico, then to Asia. How they do. Anyway, so... And here we are. So this has been in the works for decades. Obviously, it's been their agenda, the global, the co corrupt global elite. And then the question is, which I pose all the time, is um, what, 
how coordinated is this? We, you know, when we think originally, well, well, you know, the uh, Bilderberg WEF, that's you know, basically the Western uh, alliances, you know, NATO, uh, the Western, uh, I always forget how to say this word. Someone needs to help me with this. It's not homogeny. What is it? I'm having a senior moment. Maybe somebody could help me out, call in. What am I thinking here? The Western rule, blanket rule, right? Out of Western Europe and the United States and Australia. The, the You know what I'm saying. What? Okay, I got somebody. Let me check out what's in the live Live chat, because, okay. Uh, forever Sonic the Hodge, <laughs> hedge your bets. Hey, brother, what am I trying to say here when they're talking about the Western unity of, of this whole thing that was working together, NATO forces, you know, Western Europe, Americas, Australia. What I'm thinking of the word, there it is, hegemony. I knew I had it backwards. I was saying hegemony. Well, I kind of, I'm, maybe I'm dyslexic. I didn't know it. <laughs> anyway, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, amen. So, okay. So we got the the Western hegemony. Did I say that right? Hegemony. I got to say that over and over and get it right. Right? But then if you look at the WEF site, 2018, what you need to know about the Belt and Road Initiative, hmm, doesn't sound like they're pushing the Western hegemony. Hegemony because they're pushing the, the Belt and Road Initiative on the WEF site 2018. And then if you check it again, check it. I'll, pri I'll try and post it in the live chat. In 2022, you got another article on the WEF site on the Belt and Road Initiative. Same end goal, but they changed the narrative. Like it's going to help the green economy. It totally changed the narrative. That's four years later. So, of course, Xi Jinping, did I say that right? Xi, he's, Xi Jinping, he spoke at WF 2017, 2021, and 22. And then, of course, we, got, we can't forget about, you know, the WHO, WHO, the World Health Organization, that's this global coordination of what I call this pandemic. This whole thing was a scam. And I cite all the reasons why, which I'm happy to talk about with anybody about the pandemic. All we got to do is look at Bill Gates at the WEF 2022. What did he say? Well, you can find him online saying, well, we really didn't understand it. That's my recollection. I'll paraphrase. We really didn't understand it. As it turns out, though, fairly low death rate, kind of like the flu, but a little different. Yeah, he could have said like a lower death rate in kids than the flu, because that's the truth. He didn't want to say that, though. Kind of like the flu, but a little different. Mostly affects the elderly with comorbidities. So, you know, mask mandates and vaccine passports don't make any sense. He literally said that at the WEF 2022. Yet, we still have colleges and universities requiring masks and vaccines. In the face of you know, medical evidence, right, that has come out recently in the vaccine journal, for example, you know, where sites that, here, I'm pulling my notes, okay, vaccine journal. I wish I had someone calling in so I could chat with them and also get things in the chat at the same time. But, so the vaccine journal, 
Serious adverse events of special interest following mRNA COVID-19 vaccination in randomized adults. There needs to be an analysis of a harm-benefit analysis, ratio analysis. However, they clearly state that for men under 40, that the vaccine has more adverse events than COVID, bang, specifically heart issues. Right now, you've all heard this, right? This has all been in the alternative media for, what, the last year and a half? Dr. Peter McCullough was talking about this with American Frontline Doctors, and then we had <clears throat> we had Dr. Pierre Corey and Paul Merrick with, uh, we had American Frontline Doctors and Frontline COVID Critical Care Doctors. They were all talking about this. Peter McCullough called this whole situation a bioweapon situation between the gain-of-function you know, virus and the vaccine. And and, and, and the best of my recollection, in the spring of 2020, and he was on a lot of different platforms talking about this. Well, you know what happened? Baylor, Texas A&M gave him and slapped him with a restraining order. He was not a Baylor, Texas A&M. They slapped him with the restraining orders. Can't cite that he has been with them in the past. And I don't know if that restraining order had to do with a physical where he couldn't go there either or not. Talk about corruption and the global elite and the systemic, systematic corruption. Now, here's some other things for you all, since I'm yakking about the the pandemic. 2000, see, my father used to sell for Big Pharma. My father sold for two decades for J.B. Searle, S-E-A-R-L-E, two decades. And he told me when I was a young kid, he said, I'm nothing but a glorified drug pusher, he said. This is Poobah Bonatati. He said, don't let any doctor ever tell you that herbs don't work because most drugs are derived from herbs, Bill. Like aspirin comes from white willow bark. He said, don't let any doctor ever tell you differently. He said, and for that matter, most doctors I know use herbs. They get high on marijuana and opiates. Boom, boom. You see? So that's the truth. And not to mention the medicinal benefits of CBD oil. We can get into that. But here's an article for you that you don't haven't heard through mainstream media and Fauci. First of all, there's something called PubMed. That's an open access medical journal, meaning doctors put up things there. And some are early uh, studies. Others have been validated and studied and vetted. Most of them have been. I forget the exact terminology they use when they have been. And so we have on the National Institute of Health, PubMed Open Access Medical Journal that's been thoroughly vetted way back to 2010. We have zinc and zinc ionophores effective against coronavirus and antivirus RNA pollen, I'll just spit out the title so you can find it. If I have time, if I get a caller, then I can multitask while they're talking. I could actually put these things in my clip tray. But the thing about this app, you really can't like get things um, into the live chat till you start the, the, the episode. So I'm not real good at multitasking. I'm, I need a IT for idiots. You know what I mean? I'm 60, going on 62, IT for idiots. So anyway, so, okay. So the name of the article, exactly. If you're interested, you want to share with your friends, 
is ZN2+, the 2 pluses in parentheses, inhibits coronavirus and enterovirus RNA poly, polymerase activity in vitro, that means in the test tube, and zinc ionophores block the replication of these viruses in cell culture. Guess what? It includes polio. If you read the text on this, it includes polio. They're just talking about an emergency in New York due to polio all of a sudden, and sewage water. That's where they test and find things initially. And so, we have a 2010 zinc and zinc ionophores. You say, well, I know what zinc is, Bill. What's zinc ionophore? Well, Dr. Zelenko, who uh, consulted, Trump consulted, and I'm not a Trumper, let's clarify that, or a Bideneur, whatever you want to call it. I'm an independent. So I just cite him because Dr. Zelenko, he had this down. So he used this allegory. He said, the, the zinc ionophore is like the shotgun, and the zinc's like the bullet. What does that mean? You take zinc, it circulates in your blood, you know, helps the body in a lot of ways. You need it, but it doesn't get into the cell plasma. The zinc ionophore, I believe it positively charges the zinc, and it helps it get through the cell receptor into the cell plasma. That's where it thwarts the replication of coronaviruses and RNA virus, including enterovirus, including, according to this 2010 PubMed periodical that's peer-reviewed, that's the word that was lost in my marbles, peer-reviewed, including polio. Holy shit. If it works for polio, I think it probably works for COVID. You think? Well, anyway, there's the evidence, right? Now, something else that's known, and and if someone calls in or messages in, I can change the subject if you want. But I think this plays into the hegemony. Did I say that right? Hegemony. I think I did. Right? Is what's with the scientists around the world? Let me tell you something. I'm just rolling what's clicking, bouncing around the marbles in my meathead brain. We got um, University of Bridgeport. They have a naturopathic clinic and a master's and doctor's degree. You can get at UB. In naturopathic medicine. Guess what? They work directly with Yale New Haven on developing uh, what they call integrative protocols. And I was at Yale getting brain MRIs. So they assigned me an integrative doctor, Dr. Aether Ali, who was a professor at UB. So the recognition, they're working together, especially on things, well, we had a big problem with C. difficile, I think I pronounced that right, and MRSA here in the Bridgeboro Yale Hospital System. It was real bad for a while. And so they, that MRSA's uh, antibiotic resistant staff, um, the first word is meta, I'm, I'm a little unclear of that word too. But anyway, it's, it's antibiotic, methicillin. Methicillin, I think it is. Resistant MRSA, MRSA, methicillin resistant staph. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Yale was working with UB. And suddenly we have COVID, COVID, the coronavirus, and what happened? Where's the disconnect all of a sudden? You know what it is, my opinion? 
Cha-ching, cha-ching, the Benjamins, cha-ching. Big Pharma cannot patent anything that occurs in nature, naturally. They can't patent it. They can tweak it, and they do in the lab, and they try and find the active ingredient, and guess what? They totally screw it up because they leave out all the buffers that nature puts in. And then, you know, you watch a commercial today, which I don't watch TV anymore, but if you had, I remember seeing, you'd see, you'd take this medication for this, and there's a list of side effects from everything from, you know, every disease you can imagine, including erectile dysfunction. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. No, thank you. No, thank you. I don't need to take those. I go with the source. And it's in the Gospels. It's in the Gospels. You don't have to believe in the Gospels, but it's in the Gospels, isn't it? That all the medicines we need are in the fruits and the herbs and the bark and the leaves of the trees. So, I can quote a lot more things off of um, that are even on the the um, in the PubMed. Shocking! It's even in PubMed. A lot of what I'm saying is in PubMed on the NIH in the NIH library. Open Access Medical Journal. I guess Fauci doesn't read his own library medical journal, huh? That freaking, that guy should be prosecuted along with Bill Gates, in my opinion, at, at the Hague. Anyway, so speaking of, you know, systemic, systematic, elite corruption. Um, all right. So there's something else that I want to mention. Glyphosate. So just studying in the Guardian. It's a publication, the Guardian. You've all heard of it, right? Let's see. This was January, February, March, April, May 2018, 5 2018, on glyphosates and gut health. You know that stuff from Roundup they spray on all our produce and all our grains? When I say the commercial grains, not organic, of course. You can't spray down organic stuff and be called organic. But they use it to keep weeds down, right? And glyphosates and gut health. Guardian article citing a study that it breaks down gut health and guts where you need to be able to digest your food to have then whatever your body needs to have a healthy immune system. So if we're not eliminating glyphosates from our diet, we're you know, taking a sledgehammer to the foundation of our immune system, and then we're going to do what? Take injections? I mean, this is insanity. You're going to build a house. Don't you have to have a strong foundation? You know, I think so. And so, of course, again, this is a, the criminal activity of the power elite. They're not talking to you about these things and all the herbs and grasses and leaves and barks of the trees that work. Now, what I find really amazing, there's a lot of people who like to smoke pot, take mushrooms. That's not my thing, but I'm totally open to this whole herbology thing, and I've been using it for decades. As I told people who may have heard me before and are just uh, listening in, my father used to sell for J.B. Serrell for a couple decades, two decades plus, which is Big Pharma. And he said to me, don't let any doctors ever tell you herbs don't work. I'm nothing but a glorified drug pressure. Most, most drugs come from herbs, Billy. You know, aspirin comes from will, willow bark. And he goes, most doctors I know use herbs, Bill. They, they smoke marijuana and take opiates. So, yeah, there you go. So why is it that all the stoners, especially the, the uh, <laughs> Woodstock era, 60s and 70s, who were still alive, 
be a little older than me. I'm 62, so they'd be in their 70s and 80s. Why aren't they taking herbs and stuff? Why do they believe this big farmer, uh, I don't know what to call it, conspiracy cult and, and uh, mass formation psychosis propaganda? The, don't forget, Pfizer is one of the heaviest fine, speaking of corruption, Pfizer is one of the largest fine companies, American companies ever in the billions. Right? Now, who finds them? I don't know how that works through the DOJ, because that's if you, or if it's the attorney generals, who the FTC or the FDA, how they work it out. But they got fined big time. Okay, talk about criminal activity. All right, so, but for those just uh, listening in, what I did cite in the chat was. Jimmy Dore and Kim Iverson, both within the last week, covered Klaus Schwab, Dr. Evil, and Yuval Harari, his sidekick, Mephistophelian minion, and they, they play clips off of the World Economic Forum site of these monsters talking. So those links are in the chat, those YouTube links, if you're interested. So anybody feel like talking about any of this stuff here because um obviously we can go anywhere with it there's so much to discuss or you can watch perhaps take a little time watch the youtube videos in the chat and then they're not long i i don't i think jimmy's are usually under 15 minutes kim's could be a little longer but they're quite revealing when you hear these monsters talk about you know you'll basically uh own nothing, have no privacy, and be happy, and that the world would be split up into those who live in those cities, and they protect all the other areas, supposedly, and it's this utopia of, you know, green revolution, and, you know, uh, you know, green energy, and yada, 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 really, and everybody else is on the, you know, like, this is like, what, some kind of bad movie? Where everybody else is living in an alternative, they actually say everybody else will be living in some type of alternative economy, like the preppers, and we'll be trading food back and forth and bartering like back in the 1800s, perhaps. There'll be the preppers, and then there'll be those in the modern, you know, uh, transhumanism city, literally, where you have no privacy and everything. They talk about this, literally. Literally. It's shocking. And then there'll be the outliers, those who are kind of like, you know, Mad Max, you know, like they're out there somewhere, who knows where. I mean, they, they, they portray this thing in the Great Reset by 2030, like this can actually all happen by then. Well, I would argue, look at the pandemic, the coordination around the world of this. All 193 countries went on board with this, except Brazil finally broke off. Right? And I think Palestine never jumped on board, but they, they didn't weren't off of the vaccine anyway. Good for them. Who needs all the adverse events that are killing people and athletes and everything and miscarriages? Oh, it just came out. Finally Pfizer dumped the required by the courts to start dumping what was in the vaccine trials. Forty four percent of the women in the vaccine trials had miscarriages. 44%. Well, that's what they tell us. It could be much higher than that. Don't forget, we're dealing with 
the most fine fraudulent pharmaceutical company, American company that ever existed. Of course, you have all those people reporting to um, whistleblowers. Uh, what's Project Veritas? So if you're on alternative platforms like me, you've been hearing about this. I like Maria Z out of Australia. She covers a lot of this. You had Reiner Filmic, a lawyer who held a, a, what he called kind of like a public Nuremberg trial. It wasn't trials. It was a public Nuremberg type of, of forum. That's what it was. Where he brought in all kinds of experts, all kinds of doctors, and he's done a, a couple episodes. So they're exposing all this, but they know the courts are completely corrupt. So they don't, they don't get into it with the courts. They know if they go to the courts, they're going to end up nowhere. Hey, Rudy, Rudy, I want to talk to you, brother and Derek. I considered some of your points. I think you made some good points. Of, you know, I don't like talking about people when they're not here, but Jenny did come online. And I think you made some really good points, Rudy, that I, I, I if you're interested in discussing, please call in. And I hopefully, Jenny, I did invite Jenny. Hopefully she'll call in at some point. Because I think we need to air this out a little bit. I think Jenny, as Martin pointed out, has some blind spots. We all do, right? We've all been conditioned. And based on our conditioning, our imprinting, growing up <clears throat> in our nuclear families and in the school systems we're in, in the part of the country we're in, right? America's diverse. We all have our blind spots, don't we? All right, here's my man. Man, Rudy, I'm going to make you a speaker, too. Hey, brother. How you doing? I I wanted to say I appreciate what you said. Uh, you know, I listened to it. I listened to it again. We uh, we published this this show. I'm going to invite you to speak. We published the episode, and I listened to it again. It's, you know, Rudy's making some really good points here, and I would prefer if Jenny was here so we could talk about it. But I think I can reflect on what you've said regarding backing someone like Trump, who I think is a scoundrel and has always been along with Biden, along with anyone who's in high levels of public office in Washington. They're all crooks, in my opinion. It's a corrupt oligarchy masquerading as a rapaciously criminal duopoly. And uh, they're all backed by the same, uh, the, the uh, uh, Princeton uh, Northwestern study professors, uh, Gillens and Page say, basically, your vote doesn't matter if you're in the bottom 90% Americans. But I think what's important here, Rudy, and I, 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 all right, there's Jenny. Wait, we got to get Jenny in here. Perfect. Boy, we're going to, time to rumble. Here we go, Jenny. Time to rumble. Open William. up. William. <laughs> hey, William. I've never been welcomed like that before. Rumble. Bring it on. William. <laughs> My best friend, Rudy. How you doing, Rudy? Pretty good. Pretty good. I have to say, William, I want to, so... Um, just give you your props. I think your show hosting is getting better every day. Well, thank you. I decided to open up and evolve a little my humor on these serious subjects and also better insight because, um, Jenny, let me, okay, let me play referee for a second. I'm going to throw this out there. I don't know referee is the right word. Let me just throw out there what I, what I'm hearing. I hear Rudy in what I hear from Rudy is his upset and anger because 
there is a, a lot of evidence. First of all, let me put this into context. If we believe, like I believe 9-11 was an inside job and we had a lot of, we've had a good 9-11 show, right? And it, it prompted, obviously, a lot of action, like the Project for a New America, American Century, that Wesley Clark talked about. And we talked about in the 9-11 show how there's a lot of retired military people like Alan Sobrowski and uh, uh, Major General Stubblebine who concur with this. They say it was the Mossad, an inside job, people in the CIA. Um, there's all kinds of things we talked about, right, without getting into that. So that was used to initiate the Patriot Act and the Project for a New American Century. And as Wesley Clark said, he understood we were going to invade seven countries in five years. So who's the terrorist? Who's the terrorist? By the way, here's one thing for you. Let me get this out and then I'll shut up and be all ears. Is if you believe in the hijack thing, there were no Iraqi hijackers. 15 were Saudis. And that's on record. 15 were Saudis. Of course, our petrodollar trading partner, arms trading with the Wahhabi terrorists, right? Sending all the arms there and the Wahhabis followed out to Al-Qaeda and I, please help me. I don't know all the different factions now in the Middle East. I got lost. You know what I mean? And but so then the American men go over there. They're thinking they're young kids. They're serving our country. They're picking up the nationalist flag on. We got to fight this terrorism. We got attacked. We got attacked. The whole premise for the whole thing is a huge psyop and a fraud. And my opinion, and I, I cite those people in the in the talk we had regarding 9-11, and people can refute that. But that's my objective opinion. I don't have all the answers. So this whole military action by all our presidents in the Middle East has been completely illegal. Of wars, what's war crimes that are, this, this, you know, bombing this, uh, what do they call it, that they talked about the how they're lighting up uh, Iraq. We had no Iraqi hijackers, no Iraqi weapons of mass destruction. There were 15 Saudis, best of my recollection, maybe you know, Rudy, there were two United Emirates, uh, one, um, I think it was Turkish, according to them, and one maybe, I'm going to say Lebanese, but that, the main issue was there were no Iraqi hijackers, no Iraqi weapons of mass destruction, yet, and we trained Osama bin Laden, and he fought the Russians for us, 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 our CIA, right? We know that Hillary Clinton testified to that. So, you know, okay. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is in that context, every action, military action, and many before, right? We know about the Gulf of Tonkin. That turned out to be a fraud, right? And then that brought us into the Vietnam War escalating there. And we, there's so much I can talk about that I'm sure you guys are aware of. So I'd be singing to the choir. So with that in mind, the idea that anybody is not talking about this in a not not us we we we've been fed the you know the mainstream media propaganda we're trying to cut through the all the crap we learned right but you have any president I don't care if it's Obama Biden Bush Trump who's not naming this on some level then they're controlled resistance and they're part of the problem in my opinion so I'm going to throw that out there that's my lobbing my grenade right into this conversation and let you guys go at it. And I think hopefully we can come to some better understanding of all sides. That's my goal, not to inflame things. And then 
where we can, because we got to find common ground, as Jenny said, and I think Rudy agrees, we're all human. We, if we can cut through the propaganda and the psyops, and then maybe we can start to see each other as allies and the real enemies are those corrupt elite globalists that fund both sides of war. Smelly uh, Butler wars a racket. And the last thing I'm thinking of is uh, confessions of an economic hitman. Okay, boom. Right. There let it is. Just, let me just jump in here just to say there's two things, right? So about working together. So my thing is the most important thing is that we find a way to work together. Those of us that can work together. Right? Again, because like my number one goal is not the ego thing, but can we get the, I don't know, wherever you want to place me, you know, and actually my position is very much similar to your position. So when you're speaking about these things, you're speaking for two people at least, know that, right? Anybody that's not speaking out about like 9-11 and all of the terrible things that we're doing, right, is complicit in this thing. Right. And I mean, I'm not saying you don't have you have to use my words, but be, be, be like between what I'm saying and what they're saying, there's like and what you're saying really is oceans of difference. Right. Like these guys can meet us somewhere in the middle, at least. Right. And no, there's no politician that's meeting us in the middle. I suppose Bernie Sanders is the closest, maybe. And he's probably like 15 percent there. Right. So I'm with you. Now, us, the people who want to change things, because ultimately, I don't think we're going to get anything from above, right? Um, how do we work together? The way we work together is by conceding certain things, you know, like, again, I'm not out here looking for every racist comment that one makes, right? Again, there's, pl there's things that I say that is... You know, that if a white person was to say towards black people, somebody would freak out, you know. Um, there's, um, you know, this thing that black people say to Asians, Asian, you know, I'm not saying that like black people and white people were equally racist. And because I do understand there's a power dynamic, at least that's how I understand it. The point is not that. The point, again, is that I'm not looking for like racism and all of these things, right? There's just like, there's certain things that are, you know. I think just crossing the line, you know, or I can, well, maybe not me, right? But I, I cannot sit there, I suppose, if I want to have like an ally who has like Iraqi ties, right? I suppose it wouldn't make sense for me to be partnering up with Jenny, who thinks it's funny, you know, that we have, you know, to say that, oh, Syria, because Trump's thing wasn't Iraq necessarily. Yes, it was sort of Iraq. But yeah, someone in Iraq, in Syria, in any of the countries that Trump has droned, has starved, it wouldn't we it wouldn't be possible just tactically to be able to sit with those people on the same table with Jenny, who and this isn't like if somebody asks her, right? She actually likes to come out with something like, I love Trump, just to see people freak out. Right. So, again, that's not somebody who's seriously trying to get people together because now I understand if Trump was her father. Right. And so this was something personal and stuff there. But like this is not anything that she has to sacrifice the, saying I love Trump and like actually. And the thing is also, please, and again, I don't want to convert you into something that you don't believe, but look at the evidence 
from the other side before you decide to poo poo it. Just look because that's how I got over my like, you know, my my very wrong ideas about African Americans because I I learned right that like from the propaganda that you know one could do better and they haven't always taken advantage of their situation and stuff right so like that kind of idea it went away once i actually looked at the facts and the facts are super clear when you look at them there's just like no way to avoid them and that's my point right if we want to work together what are we willing to just be like you know like i'm again i'm willing to take certain you know, ignorance, right? And I do it all the time. Again, I've engaged with Jenny, even though I think she says very ignorant things, right? Uh, you know, but there's just certain things that one just cannot sort of like concede. And again, Jenny has nothing to lose by just like learning about Trump and not just coming out and saying, I love Trump. To somebody whose family might have been droned, whose village might have been droned, whose city might have been starved you know from their own resources like that's what i'm saying do you see what i'm saying william you there jenny you see what i'm saying um i muted because i found them when i listen guys is published and i really appreciate everybody's input and i i muted because i found there was some background noise i was making so uh pardon that delay but um can I we... really, I didn't show up to this conversation to do tit for tat with you, Rudy, over who hates who and who doesn't hate anybody enough. You know, you've accused me of not hating uh, people like uh, J. Edgar Hoover enough or Trump like you do. And if I don't hate him as much as you do, no, then no, I'm, no, no, I'm no, not no, worthy. No, 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 no. That's not why no, I showed no, up. No, so I really don't want to talk no, about no, that no, no. if it's okay that's, with you. That's, that's definitely not what I said. My thing is that you come out and say, I love Trump as a way to upset people. That does not help in uniting people in, you know. Yeah, and you come something. out and said you hate George Washington. That does yes. not unite people. That does not make people no, no, say, George, hey, George I want to be friends with you. George Washington is a horrible person, though. George Washington is a horrible yeah, person. You he has say nothing that, to do you with think you. that, that's fine. That's not how I feel. But and Trump I, has actually nuked, uh, like, dr dropped bombs on current live people, like people who are alive. Anybody, I don't know what is your connection to George Washington, but I think most Americans have absolutely no connection to George Washington and have absolutely nothing to lose. So if that somebody wrong. says George Washington is a horrible wrong. person, it's people... not the same as saying that I love Trump. Trump actually is currently bombing people, not paying people who have done work for him. Right now, the mother, there are people who are mothers who Trump did not pay. You're here saying you care about the mother. But you're okay again with this guy who doesn't pay people who do his work. Like that's some that's some crazy stuff that don't make sense, right? So please don't don't twist things. People are here; they hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to love Trump or you have to hate Trump. I'm just saying, if you care again, you learn about the other side, right? And if you learn about the other side and you come out saying, and still your thing is, I love Trump. That gives people a sign that this is not a person that we can work with. Uh, again, if you want to work with people, I wouldn't just come out and say, I love Trump. George Washington, I think, is completely different, but you can have your own opinion. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. How big of you, you know? Like I said, I didn't show up here to talk about that. I showed up to talk about 
the World Economic Forum, which I thought that was what the, the conversation was about. Am I wrong, William? I watched a video yesterday of people who have absolutely been deplatformed and hated over the last couple of years. Peter McCullough is one of the world's leading cardiologists, acknowledged by his peers as tops in his field. Over the last 18 months or so, he has lost everything. His career, his reputation, he's been slandered and libeled in the media, and he's $100,000 in debt. All for the, the reason that he stood up for what is true about the COVID vaccine. And I'm concerned about the direction we're heading with the World Economic Forum. And that's why I came here to, to talk today, not do a tit for tat over history, even recent history. I'm concerned about today and going forward and the genocide that's happening. And when someone like Peter McCullough says, hey, Klaus Schwab wrote this book where they said they're gonna use the COVID vaccine juggernaut to take over the world in this global reset, maybe he's not kidding around. Maybe it's not a joke. Maybe he really is trying to do it. And I don't think the masses can quite see what that is or what it will mean for all of us in our day-to-day -day lives. So that's why I showed up. William, are you there? I'm listening, Jenny. In fact, I opened the show and dovetailed into that. And you know, I, you and I see eye to eye on this 100%. So I did that if, when this gets posted, you if you want to, you'll hear. And of course, I bring in, as you know, evidence from PubMed, the NIH Open Access Medical Journal, peer-reviewed articles back to 2005 and 2010 that all of this could have been treated with early therapeutics. And that's what got me kicked off Facebook by... It's got me kicked off, off every social media platform. Right, me too. I even got kicked off Telegram, not for this, because this is all over Telegram. I got kicked off Telegram after I posted things about 9-11, coming up to 9-11. And I don't know. It's, it's like they wanted to everybody bury that. It was madness. But anyway, point I'm trying to make is you and I see 100% eye to eye on this, and we've talked this out a lot. And I'm perfectly happy to give you the platform to do more of that. Of course, I can, I, I can basically validate you with studies that I have between in my marbles in my head and between the spaces that are stuck in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> that I don't forget. Well, the studies to me are, make things more difficult to see because everybody's got a study that they can point to and say, this is science. No, this is science. No, I've debunked your science. No, this is peer reviewed. And, and so that's what we've seen for the last two years. I'm concerned about the evidence that's coming out from like the directors of uh, cemeteries and people who actually bury the bodies mm. and the insurance information we're seeing yes that we're seeing all these claims around dead people it's escalated mm -hmm. this past year up beyond you know significantly about upon above what you would expect to be the normal rate of death i'm concerned mm -hmm. about that sort of data and and people are not talking about that because that is real evidence it is anecdotal and so it's easy to to push it aside and say oh i don't i don't see that it's not science well to me it's evidence and you need to be able to look at evidence. And so when you have someone who's a director of, an, of a crematorium or a, a cemetery saying, oh, we just had to order triple the number of child coffins uh. because there's so many children dying right now, then uh. it's, it's appropriate to say, hmm, what's going on? And is this happening in other places? 
And, and they, that to me is the better evidence than the studies because the studies can be confusing. And like I said, everybody's got a study and they can throw them at each other and, and, and they have been now for two years. But when do we say enough? Enough. We need to stop. Well, I agree with you. And of course, we have, you know, Robert Kennedy Jr., who's been a staunch activist and lawyer for many years regarding big pharma and vaccine industry. And he writes a recent book um, that is very powerful. And he's been on the speaking circuit. So he's talking about all these things. Dr. Ryan Cole, uh, Dr. Pierre Corey, frontline COVID critical care doctors, um, Dr. Paul Merrick, who lost his uh, uh, hospital privileges for treating Simone, people with early therapeutics. Simone Gold. Simone yep, Gold Simone. lost everything and went to prison on a misdemeanor charge. Yes, for trespassing, for speaking these truths in a capital public space, everybody. She wasn't there to uh, get, sit on Nancy Pelosi's desk and make a you know big scene. And No, she was there talking these truths. So I... For misdemeanor, you're right. Probably her first offense, by the way. And if anyone yeah. knows anything about misdemeanors, first offense, those are like they don't never go to jail. You, you, they don't usually land you in federal prison. No, they, this is my point. Yeah, yeah, well, I agree. Malone, Robert Malone, he's he's pretty much lost everything in terms of reputation and ability, and you know, just sort of trying to speak out. Sherry Tenpenny, she's a powerful yep. voice. What we're seeing right now, and this is unfortunate is there are some people who are making money about being COVID uh, activists and book sales and everybody's trying to, you know, buy for those dollars. And so you're seeing some activists trying to attack other activists and saying, you know, you're not the authentic voice, you're controlled opposition or whatever. My feeling is anybody who, who's lost their business, their license, their ability to practice medicine and is, you know, just courageously speaking out, I'm sorry, that's some, that's some authenticity in my opinion. It's not fair to call them controlled opposition. Why would they do that? Oh, Dr. Malone has been smeared, yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I don't get into that tip for tat. I, you see, okay, people just to understand my context, most people know. Everything, see, here's one thing I want to point out. We all are a product of our imprinting. I've had chickens. I've been the mom and dad to my chicks when they were pullets, for a perfect example. And so even then when they were adults, they'd run up to me, jump in my lap, put their head under my arm like I had the wing, you know what I mean, jump on my shoulder. We're all imprinted and we're product of our conditioning. I'm a product of my conditioning growing up in an old manufacturing town here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Everybody's got a different experience. So with that in mind, my dad used to sell for Big Pharma for over two decades for J.B. Sarrell. So that's why, because of what he told me as a youth, Bill, don't let any doctor ever tell you herbs don't work. Most drugs are derived from herbs. He says, I'm nothing but a glorified drug pusher. Just after a couple of glasses of red wine at the table, you know how the Italians are. They got that gallon of red wine right next to them on the floor, and they're topping off the glass. <laughs> so here I was at eight years old or younger. He used to, when mom wasn't looking, go into the bathroom or down, downstairs do laundry. Here, take a sip. I'm drinking with you. Not to get loaded. Just to have sit with him, have a few sips. And he opened up to me. And he said, you know, Bill, most doctors I know take herbs. I said, really? What's that? He says, marijuana and opiates. Don't let them ever tell you herbs don't work. They work. And so that's why when I cite studies, 
I'm going back to studies that are on PubMed that cite things that Dr. Zelenko cited regarding zinc and zinc ionophores being do effective, right? Do you, do you think they killed Dr. Zelenko? I do. I, you know, it's interesting. Let me tell you something. He died of a rare cancer that spread all over his body, right? Now, yeah, like so many other vaccine activists, quick, quick acting leukemia. You're dead in two weeks. I've seen it. Yeah. Now, let me tell you what here in Bridgeport, we have the University of Bridgeport naturopathic uh, uh, hospital or clinic, I should say. It's not a hospital, it's a clinic. You can get a master's and a doctorate. And it, they work directly with Yale New Haven. And when I was getting my brain MRIs for the pituitary endocrine disease, I was at Yale and they assigned an integrative doctor. So I was involved with the pituitary endocrine disorder clinic getting brain MRIs. And my integrative doctor, integrative medicine, was Dr. Aether Ali, who was a professor at University of Bridgeport, naturopathic hospital, I keep saying hospital, a college, okay? And you know he died of a rare cancer? I get a call one day, they're saying, well, we had to change, the, the insurance has changed, uh, doc, and I'm like, what do you mean the insurance change? You can't see Dr. Aether Ali anymore. The insurance. They didn't tell me he died. I found yeah. that out later. There's a journalist named Don Harkin. He was up in Idaho. He had just a little newspaper, one man horse newspaper. He put it online. He kept sharing all this evidence. And I mean, this is years ago, evidence about all the dark sides of the vaccine industry. Two guys show up at his house. He answers the door. They throw some chemical in his face. Two weeks later, he's dead, and they called it leukemia. Mm. And this is a pattern. This is a pattern of what has happened to so many microbiologists. They have an unfortunate accident, an auto accident. They're gone. Why? It's because they know too much. Same for those of us who are out here just as activists on the Internet or in our sphere of influence. The, the blowback on our heads has been never-ending. And so I'm going to keep talking until I can't talk anymore. But this is the thing I am number one concerned about. And all you have to do is read their own materials. When you read that Great Reset book, Klaus Schwab laid it all out. Yeah. Listen, listen to Bill Gates. Listen to, uh, what's that guy who's the, the real demon? Oh, I can't. Yuval Harari or yes, Klaus Yuval. Schwab. Listen to Yuval's speeches. He just says it all out loud, what he's planning mm -hmm. to do. And I personally believe President Trump and his team have been working behind the scenes to not only expose, but to take oh. down this system. That's my personal belief. And it's the main reason why I love him. Well, let me jump in there. First of all, Jenny, I tried once again to make you a speaker and it's not working. Just all right, so you well, know. I'll, I'll drop down so you can talk to Anthony and Martin. I'll keep listening. Okay, then come on back in the queue. I, I don't know what's happening with that, but so uh, okay. So here you go, Anthony. I'm gonna uh, invite you in. And I know the app kicks people out sometimes. Martin, while we're waiting for Anthony, I'm gonna make you a speaker. Hi, Anthony. Yeah, all right. Hey, how you doing? Afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Yep, it's a very great discussion. I love the topics, <clears throat> and um. WEF, it's so funny. It reminds me of WWF or, or W whatever, the World Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. And they do. They have characters, too, out there like Klaus Schwab. He's just, I mean, he's, he's so blatant. You know, it's almost like a joke. 
I agree. And, you know, I just cited and I put in the chat, you may have heard me say, I'll say again, because we have some new listeners, that um, Kim Iverson, just this last week, and Jimmy Dore both covered the WEF. They didn't cite one another. You know, they were independently covering it. And they both played clips from the WEF site. You know what I'm talking about, Anthony. You'll, you'll own nothing, have no privacy, and be happy? What? And that... Of Yuval Harari, the monster citing, you know, all this transhumanism. Of, you know where I'm going with this, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. All that nasty transhumanism stuff, basically be a robot, and I don't like mm. that. And, uh, I think it's a good thing Jimmy and everyone else are covering that, but, you know, just uh, kudos to, you know, people who were on that a year or so ago, two couple mm-hmm. years ago, gave me a little heads up, um, Whitney Webb and Black American Vagabond and other people. Burmis, yeah. yeah, that's... Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well... Uh, I would... I, I, to change the topic a little to... Uh, oh, yeah, no. People call it, like, communism from the right. I can see why they would think that, but I mean, to me, it's more like public-private partnership. Um, I don't know, capitalism or something. What, it doesn't matter what you call it because we know we don't want it. <laughs> yeah, well, Martin makes a good comment. Obviously, he in the live chat, and he's here as a, as a as one of my favorite um, level-headed moderators. Where he says they've taken over the world um, five hundred years ago, and we know that, right? If we look at history, the the World Economic Forum is recent. You know almost comic evil it's not, it would be comic if comic book evil it's not funny but comic book evil face for it right and i call them the mephistophelian minions of, of evil and uh the bilderberg of course they were behind the scenes we know henry kissinger and god only knows who else so anyway martin you i i, I made you a speaker did you want to jump in here and make any comments Maybe Martin is just listening now. No, How about Rudy? Oh, there you go, Martin. Hi. Uh, yeah. Uh, the only thing I want to say is, like, I know all of this seems very, I don't know, devious and behind, like, very smoke and mirrors and all that kind of stuff. But we have to also keep in mind that these kind of things have been happening all the time. That was part of uh, what I was saying about 500 years too late to the game. And before, even further, if you go back to the Vatican and all these kind of things, there have always been groups who have been trying to control people and enforce their own will on, upon others. But luckily, as uh, I, be- I think it was Shakespeare who said it, best laid plans by men and mice, uh, things don't work out the way they want. And we can see it, as you mentioned, with the Bilderberg. That was like since the sort of mid, uh, mid uh, or early 1900s. <clears throat> and then you had before that, you had, of course, the famous ones, uh, Masons, Freemasons and all of these kind of things these merchant guilds going back 500 years and before that as i mentioned the catholic church and the vatican and all these kind of things but luckily as i said these plans never work out as they want them so keep that in mind and they don't have the power 
without us being willing to actually give them that power. So and that's what has happened before as well. Whenever they had tried to enforce those things, people have risen up. Yeah. Hey, just to bring it back to the uh, vaccine thing, I was uh, just at a farmer's market while I was listening to this, and I saw a booth that said, enter to win a $100 Visa gift card to show your vaccine card. And I'm like, okay, which vaccine is it that they, I don't mean, maybe they're giving them away too. I couldn't tell. Yeah, hey, isn't irony, Anthony, at a farmer's market? You think you'd have the most progressive people there shopping at a farmer's market and they... Who maybe they're not going to get a lot of people going to that booth. Who knows? But um, yeah, they're trying anything now, right? Oh my God! While we have, we, let's not forget about natural immunity. I mean, could, what what happened to that? That science went out the window. You're talking about science, um, obviously. Uh, so this is all as it's been termed mass formation psychosis. And the only thing, Martin, I I would push back a little bit in that the. The World Health Organization did push this policy, and uh, there was this uh, what a fraud from Kerry Mullis, the, the man who designed the PCR test, the designed and Nobel Prize winner, who said straight up he never designed it to diagnose a disease, and you literally can't diagnose a disease with it. And I'm paraphrasing, but he's you can find them. Um, I like to use Yandex. If I'm looking for video clips, but also Brave as a search engine, I haven't tried DuckDuckGo, and I don't know how to get into the dark web. I'm a 60, going on 62-year-old, you know, IT for idiots guy. So I did discover Yandex. And you can find these videos of Carrie Mullis. That's, I believe it's K-A-R-R-Y, unusual spelling, Mullis, M-U-L-L-I-S. And him basically shooting this all down a long time ago. Um, he died in two, he's another one who died in 2019, right in the heels of all this, where he totally has another video, if you look for it, Kerry Mullis on Fauci. He totally berates, no, no, that's the best way to put it. He freaking blasts Fauci. And uh, he ended up dead. So, um, and then we have a lot of people who are nurses and doctors who, of course, we're on the front lines. Surely they had a natural immunity by the time the the quack scene came out. You know what I mean? And William, you, go ahead. Um, yeah, I don't have too much time today, man. I wish I could stay a bit longer, but um, just before I leave, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was just one. I I had thought right that when you called. You know, you were trying to finish that thing. So that's why I definitely stepped in here and was like, okay, this is what my issue with with Jenny's position is, right? So, again, I'm not. The, the thing is, you, would you agree that we're, we have basically, we're trying to come together and sort of find, you know, a place where we can work together? Would you agree with that or not? Well, let me say, Rudy, With all respect to Jenny, um, I try and see Jenny through the lens of someone who grew up in America, who has, as I said, I've been imprinted and brought up in a certain way from an American New England colonial uh, founding state, uh, Connecticut, I call it Corrupticut State. 
And right. so my perspectives have were very different than they are right now. Right. And what really changed me was my process in the courts that you guys all know about that I don't need right. to repeat. That's, That's what cracked true. the egg for me. And I started to say, wait a minute, this whole situation stinks right. and is corrupt. And so based on that, Rudy, I was able to deconstruct mm -hmm. everything that I experienced. I want to say something else about, and I know I've mentioned this to Jenny. I This involves Trump directly and his DOJ. And and not uh, just to point out facts, right? In 2018, the DOJ opened an investigation to the Catholic Church. They shut it down when the last thing Bill Barr did in December 2020 is they shut down the investigation into the Catholic Church, citing statute of limitations issues, which is a total fraud. Right. Right? In the Connecticut, there's no statute of limitations to the sexual abuse of a minor in criminal matters. Zero. And... And then it's tiered up to young adults is 30 years and then adults is 20 years. In New York, it's five years. In Missouri, it's two years. You're going to tell me the DOJ and the president couldn't lobby the country and say we need to have a uniform statute of limitations on this matter so we can prosecute these criminals. But no, they shut it down, citing statute of limitations issues, which are different throughout the United States, number one. Number two, the other thing the Trump administration did, I was reporting to the DOJ Task Force on Corruption in Corrupticate. That's how corrupt it is here. We had a district office, Rudy, in New Haven and in Bridgeport investigating corruption in this state. And I was reporting to them. And they did indeed indict the CPA, my father's probate matter. Joe Castellano went to prison. Okay? And there's a lot more to that story. The point is, Trump got elected and fired the executive director, my main contact, Deidre Daly. And after that, they told me to stop calling. Steve so I drove up there and I insisted on meeting with people. And I had a whole, they had a whole file on me for several years of reporting to them, starting in 2015, their task force. I even had a motion to recuse a corrupt judge in my hand, Judge Emons, who recused herself, she was so corrupt, a 74-page motion that was stamped and filed in the court, and she's never been reinstated to the bench. Now, I'm not, it's not all me. There was a Mina Gonzalez on the House Judiciary Committee working with Deidre Daly to try and clean up this corrupt state judicial abuse. Trump blocked all that. The FBI right. was part of that task force. They told me to stop calling. So me, when I used to be able to drive, meathead Bill, I said, screw that shit. I drove right up there to both offices. They refused to meet with me. They made excuses. That happened under Trump. William. That Go ahead, got, brother. He got Steve Mnuchin in there. And we know Steve Mnuchin is a criminal. Oh, and he was that the proposal king. And, and that criminal was friends with Kamala Harris, too. Yes. And these people are on the same side. And I'm willing to call yeah. out both sides, but Jenny isn't willing to go as far as calling out Trump's side. And now we cannot, there's no way we can remove the, the Democrats without removing uh, Trump's people. Um, that's, that's the whole, the whole charade around um, Trump's um, impeachment. That's what it was about. There were plenty yeah. of things that one could have impeached Trump on, but they couldn't impeach Trump on those things because then they would make themselves impeachable as well. So they chose some random ass thing and then it didn't work. 
right? If we want to get rid of the cancer that is the Democrats, we have to get rid of the cancer that is Trump's people. And these people are the same friends, and they let go of Epstein because they all are friends with Epstein. And again, she talks about the children who she, you know, cares about. The thing is, Jenny, if this is your only problem, you know, it it speaks to, you know, how able we are to work with you you know because on the you know you're on the other side for everything else you know so then how can we work with a person who's on the other side for like 90 percent of the things and then on you know for two percent on the right side for two percent of the thing i'm i'm sorry you're a nice person i bet you love your children and stuff and your cat and whatnot but you know i'm sorry william this lady has a big block of kryptonite, right? You know, she seems very close, but there's a big wall of kryptonite in front of her, and there's no way she can go through. There's this, um, you're, you're, you said it. She, you know, she grew up in the United States, drinking the American waters of exceptionalism and all the other bullshit, and so there's just no way to you know, go through that. Because how do you believe in Trump? Trump has been the most corrupt person for the last 50 years. He's been Clinton's friend. He's been on NBC. You know, all the people who hate Trump, you know, the black the black um, leaders and misleaders and the pop stars and all of these fucks, all of them were Trump's friends for the longest time. Like, I again, there's, the, there's a guy from West Virginia that said this, and now that is the position. That's the conservative position that I understand. Trump is an asshole. He's a con artist. He's a Yankee. Nobody really trusts him. But, you know, he's at least calling. He's speaking to certain, you know, truths. That's it. But, again, he's a... He's... he's I, uh, I'm... Thank you, William, for hosting. And I'll be listening. Well, Rudy, let me just respond. Then I'm going to bring. Oop, we got to go back to the call-in page. I lost it. I'm going to bring Jenny and Amanda dropped off. But one comment I'd like, a couple comments I'd like to make. Okay, one, um, the Biden administration is equally corrupt as was prior administrations, and we can cite all kinds of ways that we see that. Kamala Harris would not go after Steve Mnuchin when she became AG of California. She would not go after the Catholic Church. And right now, they're still blocking my calls at the DOJ. And when I talked to Inspector General Devlin, who's a former DOJ prosecutor and judge, federal judge, I should say, and I've made my reports within within the last month, emails and everything. They won't do anything with it. So my point being that it's a conspiracy, a corrupt, this is not conspiracy theory. We have both sides, right and left wing, are part of the same corrupt bird, in my opinion, or another way to put it, is the right cheek and the left cheek are part of the same dirty ass. And in my opinion, that's how it is. Now, people can disagree with me, but I concur that uh, I've been um, very aware of Biden's malfeasance and corruption in the Senate. His whole career, along with Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, Trump, what he's been doing his whole life. So I just don't see that uh, he ran out a populist message, which rallied people up just like who did that before him, Obama. And yet look at, look at both of their cabinet appointees, the revolving door, right, between Wall Street and K Street in Washington. 
So, and then, uh, you know, House and Senate, uh, staff members, the whole thing is a toxic freaking cabal, in my opinion. So, you know, there's another last thing I'll say, and then I'll bring Jenny in, is, uh, 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 what's his name? Albert Pike, 33 degree Freemason. He said, we will send them a hero. And if you notice, when the Albert Pike statue got taken down, Confederate general and 33 degree Freemason, if you read anything about him, he cites that Lucifer, Lucifer, it's in their Freemason, Encyclopedia Freemasonry, Lucifer is the light of the world. And I'm not making that up. That's not hyperbole. So when you get to the highest levels of Freemasonry, and we can take that all the way back to who they claim is their first grand Freemason uh, is, uh, uh, let's see, that's the Tower of Babylon, uh, and that would be uh, Nimrod is their first grand Freemason, uh, and that's not hyperbole. So when Albert Pike's statue was taken down, Trump protested that in a sense he said you know he i think those statutes by the way belong in museums with as exhibits with exhibit type explanations to put them into context for young people so they understand why this statue was erected and what is we've learned about it all and the kids can learn by walking through a museum of these statutes that you know and why people feel the need to take them down so anyway, that, that, there's so many layers to this. And of course, I've had a, a platform here for a bit. So let me open up to Jenny. Jenny, I so much wish I could make you a speaker, but that's still, I don't know why that's being obstructed. Martin tried. So let's see. So I'm going to press the press button, Jenny. Time to rumble. Come on in, Jenny. <laughs> Thank you, William. And, you know, just to, to reach out as a final gesture of goodwill to Rudy, I harbor you no ill will just because you feel like I'm, lost in the weeds with my adoration of President Trump. I still appreciate your views on many subjects. And when I say work together, I can't work with this person, I can't partner with this person. Um, what I mean is, you know, ideologically, I will never embrace Marxism. I will never embrace socialism or communism. It's not my comfort zone. I'm willing to talk to communists, but I'm not going to become a communist or advocate for communist causes. And so we will never see eye to eye on that topic. I am a conservative. I am a libertarian. I believe in freedom. And I, everything I do and push is towards enabling individuals towards their own liberty. That's, that's my work. Um, to the topic, if you have not heard about Q, you might be hearing little bits and pieces in the media that Q is back. President Trump has come out and sort of endorsed Q in some of his rallies. A lot of the media pundits are kind of scratching their heads like, hey, I thought we debunked this. I thought we laid this to rest. What's he doing talking about it again? I wonder, William, if you have heard about the Q phenomenon and if you even know what it is. Yeah, I heard about it. And my interpretation of Q, I, I'm not an expert on this, but my overall 3,000-foot view down is... Um, it's part of the PSYOP, it's part of the system. And and dividing, let me just finish. And then, you know, you know, I'm perfectly open to getting your response. And I know everybody hates Alex Jones now, but I, of course, you've seen folks, I've made a couple of videos on this whole court process and the issues of 
involved in that without taking a side. I try and look at things from the legal perspective. So if you're interested, anyone, in what my, what I see, I'm not taking anyone's side here. But the point is, if you're talking about libertarianism, you're talking about rights and civil rights, you got to look at free speech issues. you got to look at many issues in this matter. Alex Jones basically said, and it's tough to quote him because, of course, people think he's psychotic. And he acknowledged he had a type of psychosis at one point. Psychosis doesn't mean you're always psychotic because you have an episode. Jenny and I know what that's like. We've lived that. So, and we've healed. So the bottom line is AJ basically says that Q started out, you know, uh, with some people in, you know, high places, you know, in the deep state who are trying to bring about um, and ex exposing the criminal activity of, of a lot of the deep state and that he felt that it was hijacked. This is what AJ said about it, and that now it's it's not what it once was. Now, I look at that from another level that and maybe, maybe it's just me going through the system that I see it a little differently. I see, here's what I have a little trouble with, Jenny. Everything that's happened at the World Economic Forum level has been going on with these Kabbalists uh, the, 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 what we might call Mr. Global, some people call it. Uh, Peter Phillips, who writes a book, Giants. Um, then there's another fellow, I like the Committee of 300, John Coleman, who's a, a former uh, uh, intelligence officer. And these have been around, these families, these core families, um, the most recent we can think of that people have heard of when the start of the Federal Reserve, you know, and the European banksters, Rockefellers, Rothschild, um, for example, Astors, uh, Warfare, Warf Warfare, I think it was W-A, not War, W-A Fair. These families that have been around for many generations and the Western Europeans. Now, I'm not super steeped in history. I went to a Votec high school where half the, half the school year we're in a shop. But I'm trying to learn these things. And it looks to me like, frankly, our American presidents are part of the, 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 the no one's going to bring about real change because they don't get to that level unless they've been neck deep in the system. And, I, and so that's my overall view without getting into more details about policy and events and legal cases, yada, yada. So, Jenny, um, so, yes, I've heard of Q, and, and I, I honestly can't give it, in my mind, much traction. But go ahead. What, what would you like to you, say about it? You know how closely I follow everything. Yes. For the past, past 15 years that I've been disabled, I followed it, you know, sometimes 10, 12 hours a day. I'm reading, constantly reading. And so when Q came on the scene in October of 2017, I immediately poo-pooed it as a PSYOP. I said, this feels like a PSYOP. It's got to be what it is. And for about seven months, I just kind of ignored it. My oldest daughter, however, who's in her 30s now, uh, followed it really carefully. And there was one day she was watching television and she laughed out loud because it was Easter egg roll at the White House, and President Trump had said something about, we keep the White House tippy-top clean. It's just tippy-top clean. And she laughed, and I was like, why are you laughing? She said, oh, that was a, that was a cue drop. 
And I was like, what? President Trump's involved in this thing? So I, that was the day it started. It was Easter 2018. I started watching. And for a couple of months, I was skeptical. Still a psyop. Why don't they come out in the open? What's it all about? But as I started to understand what the goals were with this group, and, and the belief is it's 10 or 12 people embedded in the Trump administration, military people mostly, and President Trump himself as Q+, communicating with the people mostly through 4chan and 8chan, but they would drop this intel and then use the Socratic method to do back and forth questions of what does this mean? And then on President Trump's Twitter feed, which is no longer available because he was banned, you would get the proofs. And the proofs came in the form of the timestamps. Q would say, there's going to be something that happens at this time. And then here would be this tweet from President Trump and it would be the exact time. And it got to the point where there was no way to mathematically say this is not correlated because it was, it absolutely was sometimes to the very second that Q said it was going to happen, whatever happened. And so that got my attention. And I followed it again a little bit with the side eye as what is this? What's going on? But mostly kind of open hearted, like, what are they trying to do here? And the goal was to talk to the people directly, people like me who are engaged, who are following things, who are politically aware, without anybody from the media being able to get in the middle of those chats. Nobody interpreting what they're saying because they're talking directly to the people. It was, a, it was a way to talk over the media. So I was very open to that being a possibility. But as the years went on, it became clear that there were massive attempts to shut it down, to deplatform it, to subvert it. You had all kinds of people coming in and I think those were more psyops trying to mess with the messaging. And then for the last two years, it all kind of went quiet. So in the chat, I shared a link to a place where people can go to read the original Q-drops. They are written in code. There is a learning curve attached to learning to, to know what they're talking about because they use certain terms for certain people and certain things. But once you kind of figure out the code, then you can understand what the messaging is. And it was all about taking down this worldwide infrastructure of pedophiles and Satan worshipers who are in charge of our governmental systems and have been for centuries. And we know it's been prophesied in the scriptures that that system would fall. It's prophesied that Babylon would fall in a day or in an hour, just all of a sudden come crashing down. And my big question as a, a believer has been, well, who's gonna do that? What does that look like? And I believe what we're seeing right now and President Trump just in the last week has been co coming out and signaling during his rallies Yes, Q's a thing, I'm all in with Q. In various and sundry ways, catchphrases and hashtags, um, that yeah, we're still here, we're still operating, we're still go, everything's good. And I believe they are gonna be the force that takes down this huge Babylonian system and free all of us around the world. That's just my belief. So I shared a couple of articles, mostly lamenting the fact that Q is back because the journalists who have quote, debunked it and, you know, showed it to be a fraud, claims we're all violent and whatever, race, we're always racist, right? Um, they're all kind of scratching their heads like, hey, you can't do that. You can't come back on the scene. What are you doing? And it's actually been kind of funny watching their Twitter feeds because you can tell they're like, oh, crap, <laughs> what's happening now? And all of us who, who have always believed in Q and really followed it closely are kind of excited because we feel like it's, you know, getting closer to the time when that system is going to implode on itself. 
And one of the claims they said in Q was that um, they were going to collapse the Fed and uh, bring us back on the gold standard, which I, I think that would solve so many of our economic problems in America if we would just do that one thing, just get the Federal Reserve on, let's get us back on the gold standard, and then we can have some real economic prosperity. So that side of it's very exciting to me, especially in regards to my own children and grandchildren and their future potential prosperity. And uh, I just think things have gotten really, really bad while Biden's been in charge. And that has also helped kind of expose how fraught these systems are and unreliable and dangerous to all of us. And so it's, it's just kind of an exciting time. And honestly, it's given me something to hold on to during the hellscape of these Biden years. So I don't get too despondent because I actually think it's quite exciting time to be alive. Should I keep going? <laughs> That's pretty much all I wanted to say. I'm sorry, I had myself on mute. Um, in his rallies advocating the vaccine, uh, not citing the things that you and I say about it and the whole situation and the early therapeutics, although he was advocating early therapeutics early on, of course, because that's what they gave him. Yeah, and they absolutely killed him in the media for that. Remember hydroxychloroquine? He sure. Said, I'm, I'm taking it. Yeah, and then you had Ben Carson and Chris Christie. They all got treated with early therapeutics. That's all there was. Um, and the and thing, Trump the, did. The did, thing that I observed that yeah. was done consistently, and this was even before he was elected, during the primaries when, it, when vaccines would come up, is he always talked about having the freedom to choose and parental rights. And then when he became president, he, he did not push the mandates. He absolutely said this should be an individual choice. And so I appreciated that side of him. It's obvious he and his family are in all in with vaccines and that's fine. It's, that's my position. I, I don't feel like everybody should be um, deprived of this potential source of good if they believe it and they want to use it, that's great. You know, I just don't want to have the mandates. And so he has been consistent on that, that there has to be free will. Okay, but let me, I'm going to push back a little bit, Jenny. He did go on Candace Owens after she, right after she talked to Dr. Malone. And he totally refuted any of her points that she was echoing from Dr. Malone. She was trying to bring about some type of integration of this message. Yeah, he I, saw, I saw the interview. Yeah. So, I mean, and I contend that with the statistic now, he, Trump is a very intelligent man and he can clearly, and he spends a lot of time examining alternative media and he's got his own platform now. Surely he must have heard the message. Don't forget, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, that he did appoint John F. Kennedy Jr., as part of his advisory, uh, uh, somehow an advisory capacity when Trump was president. Isn't that not true? Uh, he definitely talked to him. I don't know that he set up a, a group to investigate anything, but the thing I, he's part of a generation that is all in with certain things. And so for him to, you know, come out publicly and say, you know, I'm absolutely against vaccines like I do, that's just not his worldview. And so I don't feel like that makes him party to everything. He just believes what the scientists have said. And so 
he did Operation Warp Speed, said, let's get it out to the public. Let's make this happen. And I think he did that in good faith. He wanted to help people. But again, he always was like, we will not have the mandates. You should be able to choose this for yourself if you want. And so that's my comfort level with him as an individual. I wish he was a vaccine abolitionist and he was better informed about what, what COVID has done to people. But I, you know, those are questions that to me just don't have answers yet. Right. Well, I want to mention just, Justin corrected me. Yeah. RFK Jr. I'm sorry. Don't forget, I'm just a meathead trying to keep all these alphabet soups things together with my marbles upstairs. You know what I mean? So you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> there's, there's a lot to learn here and unlearn, unlearn and relearn. I mean, for, just ongoing. For people um, who've never uh, hosted a show and moderated it, you are multitasking at a very, very high cerebral level. And it's difficult to not only do the controls of who can speak and who's muted, but also just keeping your thoughts together to respond in an intellectual way is very difficult. So you're doing great. And if anybody throws rocks at you, tell me and I'll go, I'll go punch them out. I'm going to send Jenny after you. <laughs> She's going to bring the ghost of Trump with her. <laughs> Q, the Q, she'll bring Q as a backup. Anyway, Jenny, it's always a pleasure. Um, we can agree to disagree on a lot of things. Go ahead. I so appreciate you letting me just flesh it out from my perspective. There are a lot of people who have views on Q. Uh, there's been a ton of stuff written about us in the media over the last few years, how we're violent, and this is just an inherently racist, violent, crazy movement. But there are many more people who are on board with Q than you would ever imagine. And not just in America. There's quite a large following over in Europe and people who are just watching it all very closely. And like I said, there are just some things that happened in the last week that have been particularly compelling. And so it's, it's an exciting time for those of us who watched it all unfold in real time. And so I'm, I'm curious to just see what's around the corner because uh, for the deep state and these global demons who want to control all of our lives, I think it's not looking too good for them, but I guess we'll see. Well, I sure I, William, hope. I will finish this way because I got to run. Um, in the end, it says in the Bible, we win. So we already know what's going to happen. All right. Well, praise, praise that. I sure, for humanity's sake, for our children and children's children and the, the biosphere, we have beautiful earth we all live in. Um, I sure hope so, Jenny. God bless. Thank you. So, Anthony, did I saw you lit up for a bit while I was starting to speak. Did I, did I interrupt what you're about to say? Oh, just, uh, well, I, I don't have a lot to say about, about Q. I think that's pretty interesting. I'd like to see more about the uh, correlations, I guess, in the timestamps. It's pretty interesting. But, um, I, I mean, I've uh, just, in, between, in terms of right, left, and Trump, Biden, I mean, I've protested all of them and all that kind of stuff, like both of them. Uh, I mean, I've actually, you know, I've seen all these politicians back in uh, – you know, 2012, I was a fresh 18, and I was like, yeah, we got to vote for uh, Obama over Romney. <laughs> and that was my first yeah. vote, and I was, I was doing a good thing. And I, I've seen Obama at least two or three times at, you know, at rallies and stuff. And I actually met Biden in 2011 uh, at, like, some conference. But, uh, yeah, I mean, then I started – I mean, I was just working my job then at the conference. I wasn't – I had nothing to do with the – you know, supporting him, 
but then uh, one of my buddies in 2016, we did something funny. We uh, went to a Trump rally. It was kind of out in the sticks, and we just, like, protested on the side of the road before he won, um, you know, before the election. And it was, like, at an airport hangar, so we were just on the side of the road. It was really funny. But we weren't being too, like, ridiculous about it. And then after, right after he won, I went to the airport. And I uh, protest, you know, the Muslim ban and stuff. So that was kind of funny. And, uh, you know, it's there's another thing. They always say Hillary never re- campaigned in uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, or whatever, wherever the places were. But she did a uh, campaign in Michigan. I went to it. Uh, it was at my local university. But it just it was a pretty lackluster rally, like a week or two before the election. And then... Uh, so I've, you know, I've protested all of them. And then uh, Biden, I protested him twice. He's come, uh, you know, he came for the Detroit car show where he got distracted, according to Kareem Jean-Pierre. And I was out there the other day while he was doing his interview and stuff, holding a sign, Biden war criminal. And I got a lot of positive feedback, really. And it wasn't like, I couldn't tell whether the people were right or left because they were just like, yeah, that's a good sign. Or they'd say, oh, yeah, all of them are or something like that. I'm like, yep. I got a little bit of a pushback from one guy. He's like, did you serve in the military? And I'm like, where'd you serve? Vietnam? You weren't serving America. I sir. I know I was being a little ridiculous. And then um, the Secret Service were all, all upon me, and I was just harass- not harassing them. They were harassing me, trying to block me from Biden and my sign, Biden war criminal. And I was just like, you guys have no honor. You're protecting a pedophile war criminal. He's at the top of the food chain. And you know, I was just I was like, I do real labor for work. I was at my job earlier. I don't get to stand around like a jackass. So I protested all these all these politicians. Hey, Anthony, I, it's really nice to hear your courage and your activism. And that voice is necessary. I think uh, obviously that's part of a democracy. And we need this. Um, unfortunately, being oppressed, repressed, suppressed today. Let me say, um, from a personal experience, I fought in the courts here in Corruptigate during the Obama administration, the Trump administration, and now I withdraw my lawsuits without prejudice so there's no double jeopardy. They all have federal subject matter jurisdiction without laying too much legal uh, lingo out there. And... Uh, the Biden administration, they're still blocking my calls to the DOJ and the FBI, you know, whereas under the first Biden-Obama administration, we had Deidre Daly, the task force on corruption that was very active. It's very convoluted. I And then the Biden, uh, Trump uh, blocked all the calls and uh, told me to stop calling. And when I went to the FBI office, uh, uh, and 1000 Lafayette Boulevard, they wouldn't open the door. And when I went to 157 Church Street, 25th Lord in the Haven, they wouldn't meet with me. I, I, you know, I, I had lawsuits I had filed and sent to them and submitted as evidence, including motions to recuse corrupt judges. I was working with Meeting Gonzalez on the House Judiciary Committee co-chair. When I say working with, sending them the information, her assistant, Ciros. We got many judges removed, retired, uh, you know, uh, there were many people active, obviously, in the DOJ starting that task force, and then a lot of people responded to it. And we had hope here in Connecticut, which is very corrupt, that we can bring about some change. It was really disheartening when Trump shut the door on that, fired Deidre Daly, 
and everybody else who was still staff attorneys, same people. Trump fired 46 U.S. attorneys when he took over, which is not uncommon. But the rest of the staffers were the same, same people when they did pick up the phone before they cut me off in, in both the, in the Haven office and in Bridgeport. But they were under a different executive director and they couldn't do anything different. So now we have the inspector general on the police oversight commission, Robert Devlin, as I mentioned earlier, who's working out of Rocky Hill in uh, uh, the state's attorney's building. And he's the inspector general, former Department of Justice, Nehaven, DOJ, Bridgeport. They go between both offices, former federal judge. It's more of the same. It's more of the same. It's the same, you know, people through generations, the same policies. They, the governor passes a bill. It's a paper tiger. Nothing changes. In fact, see, what I'm saying is, what I'm trying to point out to Jenny, for example, is that it doesn't change. It really doesn't. It looks like I lost some listeners there. Uh, uh, quite a few actually jumping into this. But it's maybe some people are afraid because I faced a dragon and I got arrested and prosecuted four times illegally and incarcerated pretrial illegally when we never had trials. I went through a Dozinger experience, and people have heard that and know my story. Now, let me say, it's the same. You act as a civil rights advocate, reporting toward legislators, which I have, reporting to authority, filing lawsuits and litigating, and you get the Dozinger treatment. That's the way I can phrase it. That's the most current person, if you're not familiar with that case, do, I suggest you do a little research. So this comes from the top down. And so as much as I like Jenny, she's a wonderful person to talk to. I see QAnon as another part of the PSYOP, the three-dimensional PSYOP, which I can't figure out. But I don't see any real change. So if anybody, now let me ask you all, when, when people come in as speakers, I, I turned up my volume, I went to the app, I put the volume on max, and I'm still having a little trouble listening and hearing. Is is the volume okay for anybody? Can anyone please just, um, oh, let me see what Martin wrote. Thanks for inviting me, William. I don't have much to contribute on this issue. So I'm going to go away for those whom are more opinionated. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Um, so you can hear. Okay, as long as you can hear, that's my only concern. I'm having a little trouble hearing. Thank you. I see the thumbs up. So um, if people are a little uncomfortable speaking, but would like me to touch on something, um, I'm going to open up the live chat so I can see it. You know, I, uh, there's a little menu option here on the app so I can see what people have said. So prior to Martin, we had uh, Andrew Deerbeer. Uh, let's see, both. Both. I don't know exactly what he means, both. Maybe he means both sides. I'm not sure. And then Justin did correct me, and, and no worries on, it is RFK Jr. Now, best of my recollection, Trump appointed RFK Jr. to some some part of his advisory committee somewhere. I'd have to search that. You know, it's in the cobwebs up with the marbles there that I, I heard him 
I believe that's true. Does anyone have any information that they want to put in the live chat or perhaps I can uh, search it while I'm trying to multitask and talk at the same time? Let me think. Um, Martin says regarding the vaccine and Trump, it's his vaccine, William. That's a good point. Yep. And uh, Andrew says, yep, the dirty ass duopoly. I knew what you meant. He said duopoly. Yeah, he recorrected the spelling. That's, that's, that. I, I misspell things all the time, Andrew. That's that's cool. So we got some links I put in the live chat on. I opened up this um, room citing uh, the fact that uh, Jimmy Dore, there's Kevin. Jimmy Dore did a piece on the World Economic Forum and the monsters Klaus Schwab and Yaval Harari with uh, his co-hosts um, this week. As also did this a similar uh, YouTube video is Kim Iverson, and I put those links in the chat, and they both did a really good job. I thought Jimmy's, of course, is more cutting satire than Kim. Kim, I think, I respect her for a woman who has a head on her shoulders. Used to be a runway model, by the way, and I think she's always learning and unfolding. I, you know, I see her now that she's back doing her own show. And she's not on the hill anymore. I think she's a lot more open book. Um, it appears that way to me. And uh, so she's, I don't agree with her on everything. I think she's coming along. Um, uh, but I appreciate what she does. So um, if anybody else has seen Jimmy Dore piece on the World Economic Forum this week, or you could check the links and watch it. You know, those pieces Jimmy puts up are a portion of his show. They're not usually more than 10 to 15 minutes. And once I come back in and comment on them, that'd be great. Kim's are usually a little longer. You know what I mean? So um, you can check that out. Uh, Anthony, I appreciate your input. We've talked about the vaccines today. Uh, of course, Jane and I do see eye to eye on all the issues with the, the jab. Um, we disagree on Trump position on it to this day. I think he should come out personally more strongly and talk about the adverse events problems and how it's affecting people. And and uh, I'm, I'm disappointed. He's She cites and people say, well, Trump's generation. No, you can go back to Trump's generation and before find a lot of hippies. It's a cultural thing. It's a class thing. It's not about generation, in my opinion. You have people of all generations that are of all different you know, political persuasions and obviously classes and perspectives all over the world. So I, I would push back on that a little bit. So um, let's see. So it looks like here we are at 2.22 Eastern Standard Time and Corrupticut. Let's see. And let me see if I can lighten the screen, see how long I've been talking here. So I've been talking just over, we've been doing this room just over two hours. Um, what is, what does Kevin have to say? Let me go to the live chat. Jimmy breaks it all down with ease on everything. Well, yeah, he does a good job on a lot of things. The only thing, Kev, I'm a little disappointed on two positions he has. One is on 9-11. He basically stated, if you believe the United States government was competent enough to pull off 9-11 with, with help, then... You're crazy. Well, I, 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 I concur with um, Alan Sobrowski, former War College professor, Marine, retired Marine, Alan Sobrowski, who said it was basically 
the Mossad with traitors in the United States and Major General Stubblebein, who was Army Surveillance, who said, we've been fed a fraud and he could prove that it was not a plane that hit the Pentagon, that the turbine in the hole looked like that of a missile. And uh, I think we've got some retired people, including Wesley Clark, who said there was really no evidence. He didn't understand why we were going into Iraq and what that was all about, the project for a new American century and the Patriot Act, uh, where there were, by the way, even if you believe the hijacker narrative of the hijackers in 19, there were no Iraqis and people don't realize that. The reports that there were 15 Saudi, two United Emirates, best of my recollection, one Turkish and one Lebanese. Don't quote me on that, but I do know there were no Iraqi hijackers, no Iraqi weapons of mass destruction. That's not disputed. Why do you invade Iraq? If you're going to invade anybody and 15 of the hijackers were Saudis, if you believe that narrative, then wouldn't we invade Saudi Arabia? But why would we bomb all of any country for that? For None of it makes any sense. And then there's John Lear, the former CIA pilot, who basically said those flight paths are completely impossible for those planes to fly at those speeds, at the heights they were flown, and it, it, impossible due to... Uh, the atmospheric and uh, G-force issues involved, and I'm not a pilot, but you can check him out. Uh, he also said even any pilot who's ever attempted to do that on a flight simulator could not pull it off. And he also cited that these men were trained on Cessnas. What makes anyone in their right mind believe they can get behind the controls of a 767? I mean, think about it. I've been in a Cessna twice. And I've been in jetliners, you know, I'm not in the control cockpit, but I have seen pictures of a control cockpit and I'm not a pilot, but anyone who can believe that talk about, you know, the elite criminals of the world and where does this all originate? Not to mention one last thing, where was NORAD? Where was the defense systems, the North American radar? I don't know what it all stands for, North American NOR is North American Radar. Uh, I, I'd have to remember what NOR, but basically, a U.S. military. Where were they? They're all on a training exercise? Everybody, like, you start to look at this one step, both around the whole Pentagon and the financial capital uh, Wall Street, the trading capital of the world, one of the trading centers of the world. No, 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 no. It's highly unlikely. There's a lot of issues here. So we've done a piece on that, Shaw and I, and In the People's Corner. It was a great episode that went on for nearly seven hours, got 189 views. If you're interested in more about that, consider going to In the People's Corner, checking out that. This is loaded with a lot more, a lot more information. Also, In the People's Corner, we've done another episode on this issue we're doing today that was uh, maybe that's why we're not getting much activity because it was an eight and a half hour show and everybody really had a lot to say and that was wonderful and that's posted in the people's corner there's also me breaking down um 
pardon me, a little hiccup there. The Alex Jones civil trials based on my experience in the law, not as a lawyer, but as a pro se litigant. And let's not forget, Abe Lincoln never went to law school. You don't realize that. Yet he was a defense attorney found as a person of good standing by, I believe it was, I believe it was the Illinois legislature, but he didn't have a law degree. He didn't go to law school. So you can learn a lot about the law and act as your self-represented party. It's called pro se. And it's thanks to the internet, it's all available online. Now, if you'd like to support what I'm doing here, you can go to the links in, in the people's in the people's corner if you'd like to. One thing they're doing to me now, I'm disabled, just FYI, I'm disabled on SSDI. Had to represent myself there too. No lawyers wanted to represent me for it's found disabled in a hearing January 9th, 2020 by a federal judge Boyd found me retroactively disabled to March 2012. They are obstructing my applications to housing authority, housing, disability housing. The first selectman of Trumbull, Vicki, her secretary, Kathy, and I only know these ladies by first name. Kathy, I got to know pretty well over a couple of years. Her brother, well, let me just say has similar issues as me. I won't, I shouldn't speak about her personally. But the point is, she's empathetic. She says, Bill, you're being pre-screened. I said, what do you mean I'm being pre-screened? All the rest are dismissed. Everything I cited, the corruption, is all real. The Attorney General Letitia James, they got my thank you letter from Letitia, Letitia's thank you letter to me, who found corroborating evidence, not only in the Monsignor Tapia that sexually assaulted me, but all the other people at Fordham. There are a lot of, lot of priests there doing that. It was a bad culture. And then we have the DOJ indicted Joe Castellano, the CPA, my father. The problem here is it involves a lot of corruption on all levels. So they are, have obstructed, even all the way up to the State Housing Authority, they won't respond. The commissioner's office. So that's what you get for being a whistleblower in this corrupt state and responding to the DOJ task force on corruption and making reports and filing lawsuits and exposing corrupt judges to the House Judiciary Committee, exposing their fraud and corruptions. And one last thing I'll add, which I'm going to do a video on to help your people fight evictions, which I made when I was on Facebook. The collection agency for B of A, the local law firm is called Rubin and Rothman. Their senior attorneys there agreed with me that there was major credit card fraud and contract fraud. And I exposed that in the courts and in the housing courts, and I got evicted, and I got arrested, allegedly for harassing people. It took the collection agency for Bank of America to agree with me that there was contract fraud and major felony credit card fraud. That's how corrupt it is here. And now, because of that, because I've had an illegal eviction, but they... The housing authority isn't going to, they're part of the cabal. They're not going to say, oh yeah, Mr. Bonatati's, his credit shouldn't have been ruined. They ruined my credit. They're not going to say he shouldn't have been evicted. 
illegally. They're not going to say he shouldn't have been arrested illegally. They're not going to say this, the Catholic Church should be prosecuted at the Hague, at the criminal courts, under the Racketeering Act, under the uh, international sex trafficking of pedophiles and pedophiles. They're not going to say that. So they, they have to stick with the cabal. So because I was outing all this fraud and corruption in this corrupt, God-forsaken state of corrupticate, I'm denied even access, even to get into the disability housing process. They're obstructing my application process under fraud. And they, listen to how corrupt it is, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, you know, if there's anyone here who understands the law, they know I got federal subject matter jurisdiction for what's called 42 U.S.C. civil rights violation lawsuits for illegal arrest all dropped, finally. Malicious prosecution, abuse of a disabled man psychiatrically, physically found retroactively disabled by a federal judge Boyd and back to 2012, I'm not intellectually disabled. There's lots of psychiatric disabilities. They've abused a disabled person who is reporting to the Department of Justice Task Force on Corruption in this corrupt state, Deidre Daly, who indicted, the, some of you have heard this before, I'm just spitting it out for people who haven't, and so it's on record, who indicted Joe Castellano, the CPA in my father's probate matter, who went to prison for fraud and Ponzi scheme. Gee, I'd like to know where my father's money is. But anybody who knows anything about probate knows you're not there alone with a court-appointed CPA. There are the judges, and there's the executor and a council and other beneficiaries council. This is a huge racketeering act here on multiple levels. The, the clerks in the probate court... Once Castellano got indicted, who I reported to the DOJ, for fraud and Ponzi scheme, multiple sightings by the DOJ, the clerk said, oh my God, Castellano did a lot of accountings for us. Did any of those judges get prosecuted? I went to four of them. They recused themselves, pursuing my motions to recuse. For people who aren't attorneys, you know, let me say, and I've made a video on getting criminal cases dropped in, in the people's corner. There are a lot of resources online. Lincoln didn't go to law school. There are four states in this country where you don't have to have a law degree. You just have to pass the bar. You can be a pro se litigant. There's lots of resources, thanks to Mr. Google, online. And I cite those resources I've used. And I've made analysis even of the present legal ongoings in the Alex Jones case, which I've made two in the People's Corner videos on. And so, for anyone who's interested in what I consider an objective legal analysis to the best of my abilities, and that's all I can do with my research and with the experience I've had to date, I try and cite both the plaintiff side and the defense side. Now, I know I can't be arrested for that, because it's in the public domain and I'm allowed to comment on it in a public forum like this. There's nothing illegal about that. So, uh, if you're interested, you can see those uh, in the People's Corner. And if you, again, I need disability housing. I'm being obstructed illegally. I, uh, listen to this one. There's something called an Access to Justice Commission in every state. And on the state and federal level. They have a panel of people 
in court operations and judicial court operations being the the marshals the the clerks you see judicial judicial is the legal end to protect the courts actually and then you have associate deans of law from yale quinnipiac quinnipiac brown yukon state legal services when i cited all these things to them they work together believe it or not to protect the catholic church in this corrupt state to protect the grave robbing probate courts to protect the corrupt attorneys three law firms i was suing and prevailing in civil court and i'll touch on that in a minute they worked together to have me arrested in the courthouse illegally claiming i was harassing somebody in the back of the building who's in the service center when i'm in the clerk's office filling out subpoena requests minding my own business but what was to be a third motion to open hearing pursuant fraud on the court, abuse of judicial discretion, presiding over by another judge. You had Judge Hiller, who I was outing for his fraud on the court, and I had Judge Stevens, who was presiding. It was the third motion to open hearing on that matter I was filling out subpoena requests for, and this may sound French to a lot of people. If you're an officer of the court and you've got your law degree, you don't need to fill out subpoena requests. But if you're like me and you're self-represented, you just can't subpoena anybody. You're not an officer of the court. You have no power to subpoena anybody. You need to fill out subpoena requests here in Connecticut. It's a four-part form, and the judge has to approve it and not. Never had a subpoena request denied, ever. In housing courts, in a probate court, in, well, uh, family court, I should say. Probate's a lot more informal. That you can do with or motions. And and it's a lot more informal. Anyone's been to probate. Although you can file written motions, which I did. Okay. In civil, never had a subpoena request tonight. Another thing to put things into context, show you how corrupt it is here. And for those who are interested in the law who have an interest. The judges not only never denied a subpoena request. They had to approve of my lawsuits to be served. Do they fit the basic parameter of a law firm? It's not a judgment on, you know, either way. It's just, do they fit the basic parameters? Do you have a right for this? For the, because I got subpoena, uh, all fees were waived because I was within the 125% of the poverty level. You see? So to get fee waivers and all kind of processes I worked through. I got 12 file boxes in the back of my Lincoln Town Guard stacked up in the back seat with all these documents and a trunk full of references. It's the true Lincoln, <laughs> the true, uh, uh, you know, uh, Lincoln Town Guard uh, mobile law firm. Literally. I can't drive anymore. I'm too disabled. I can't even barely get to the bathroom anymore. So the Access to Justice Commission, oh, I was going to say, I know I'm. Let me just say, there's a lot of marbles bouncing around up in my head here. Okay, and a lot of cobwebs. The Access to Justice Commission worked to have me arrested, yet I've never had a judge cite me for the quasi-criminal charge of contempt, nor the quasi-criminal charge of perjury. I've never had a judge claim my lawsuits were frivolous, i.e. vexatious. Of course not, they couldn't. They approved of them to be served. How do you get arrested for harassment? In the courthouse, file subpoena requests when you're doing everything that's been approved with fee waivers by judges. 
It's absolute insanity. That's how corrupt it is here. That's how corrupt it is here. And so people keep an open mind. In the Alex Jones matter, there's free speech issues. There's many other people who many, many online today, I use Brave as a search engine and Yandex. I don't know the dark web. Um, IT for idiots is what I need. I'm going on 62, okay? Fortunately, I discovered Yandex and Brave, and I learned a lot there. There's people in the public domain who have reports still in the public domain. There's stories of a professor, James Tracy, at a Florida Atlantic University you can read about, who took the same position as Alex Jones. I'm not taking sides here. I'm just pointing out the legal aspects of this. You have another fellow, Jim Fetzer, who's still fighting in the courts. And I'm not mistaken, I have to review the audio. There's great pieces on Jim Fetzer, who I believe was former law enforcement and actually did some law enforcement training of, of, of cadets of some kind. I'd have to review that. What happens is there's so much to take in here. And I'm disabled and I can't sleep well because I need both hips replaced. They're bouncing around in my hip sockets. And I got displaced vertebrae. Then I need a lot of, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys or football players. Should have listened to grandma and play piano. But I didn't. So I'm in and out of sleep. I'm listening to something. I doze off. You know what I mean? I'm in a lot of pain. I'm trying to manage all that. So I catch things, and then I try and go back and listen. So this one's lost in the cobwebs, but Jim Fetzner has a lot of credibility. That I can say. And if you examine the obstruction of his legal evidence by judges in Connecticut, this is Connecticut, corrupticate, you can't deny the abuse of judicial discretion, the obstruction and the What's, what I saw a fellow who, who, uh, who I just learned about, Ali, who cited, cites uh, lawfare. And I want to watch more of his uh, pieces because I'm learning. And I can learn from people like that a lot. But you have to look at another matter while I'm at it. Where were the police? Where have the police been regarding the parents of Sandy Hook? You know, if we read the Connecticut statute on harassment, I had someone argue back with me. Oh, someone came to your door selling Bibles. You couldn't have them arrested for harassment. Someone came to your door selling a vacuum. You could, of course not. What if they kept coming back after you told them, I really don't want you to come in my door anymore. I'm not interested in, you know, the, the Jesus Christ of Later Day Saints or whatever it is they're bringing to your door. I don't want Electrolux. Stop coming to my door, please. At some point, you can have them arrested for possibly trespassing and harassment. Conversely, if you've suffered a huge loss and you're grieving, and somebody comes to your door and starts, in your opinion, berating you in some way and harassing you and making inflammatory comments, that's the very premise of harassment, for heaven's sakes. And so one has to add, or how about threatening? If you threaten somebody, either over the phone, by text, by email. The police have cybercrime investigative abilities. And they have surveillance abilities, electronic, obviously video, audio. And they have patrol cars and unmarked cars. Where are all the arrests? Why, is, why aren't there a slew of arrests in Sandy Hook? 
from people maybe from all over the country. I haven't seen that. I've looked. I'm talking about people arrested for harassing and threatening the parents. Where are the arrests? Is this gross misconduct by a police department? What in heaven's name is going on here? Now, those are legitimate questions. I've been arrested for trespassing and har harassment three times illegally. I got everyone dropped. They got time to arrest me illegally and make false statements and declarations, but not deal with people who su suffered, if we believe everything we're hearing, and it's hard to know what's real anymore, with all this going on. But let's take that narrative. Where are the arrests? You threaten someone with bodily harm, that's a felony. Where are the arrests? I don't see it. I've searched multiple search engines. I, one lady in Florida who had pre-existing mental illnesses on medications, who was a gun activist, who didn't cite one person she heard, just that she believed after what was on the internet, the blog spaces and the posts, that this was a false flag operation. So she got arrested. One, I didn't, some of the fellow who posted somebody's addresses, and I'm a little foggy on that one, but I don't see, unless the judge somehow enacted a protective order, and those addresses, how they were acquired, one has to wonder. But, you know, there's a lot to deconstruct here from a legal position, and there's a lot of sides to this, right? Defamation, damages, free speech issues, legal issues, criminal issues. So, I think in a free democracy, this needs to be able to be discussed openly and for the evidence to not be obstructed on any level. Because why, why, why would it, why, democracy dies in darkness? Why is any of this hidden? You see what I'm saying? I'm not talking about mainstream media narrative. I'm just talking about in the courts. So, okay, so that ties into systemic, systematic, global, elite global corruption, the World Economic Forum, you know, um, and our courts. George Collin, who owns America? Anyone ever see that piece? I'll tell you what, I think George Collin can answer all your complex legislative judicial and executive branch questions in that one video for the layperson, which Brady doesn't like me talking in legal terms. I refer Brady to George Collin, who owns America, who owns the world. And of course you can't forget the fourth alleged fourth branch, which forget about that. That doesn't exist. Right? I mean, thankfully we have this platform where we can communicate and people can share ideas and other places. Let's see, let me go back to the live chat. Okay, so we have uh, Kevin saying, Jimmy breaks it all down with ease on everything. Yep, Jeanette, you just quoted the New York Times. Well, democracy does die in darkness, if that's what you mean, Jeanette. That's the truth. I'm not suggesting the New York Times is legit. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I don't think we could deny that democracy, democracy dies in darkness. So that's the truth. The fact that New York Times 
is darkness, one can argue. Okay, I'm not going to, you're going to get an argument from me there, right? <laughs> okay, so again, I'm being obstructed, my housing application, in fact, they threatened to have me arrested at the Trumbull Housing Authority. I'm like, you must be kidding. I said, go ahead, make my day. So I started calling the Trumbull police. If you look me up online, you know, I look like a big bad ogre, like a big bad Shrek. I get every criminal case dropped. All those reports are complete fraud. Anyone who knows anything about the law would know. Anyone who gets four criminal cases dropped in four years, year over year, they were abusing. That's prosecutorial misconduct. That's malicious prosecution. That does not happen. And that's a fact. You can see three of the arrests online. They're all fraudulent. And one, they didn't even report online. It was so ridiculous when I got arrested in the courthouse when the Access to Justice Commission should be assigning me attorneys. So, um, anyway, so I'm on a little roll here. So, if anyone else wants to help support what I'm doing, I'm on SSDI. You know what else I did during the pandemic here? My father had a bicycle shop, spoken wheel bike shop. We owned the building. We were carrying the note for the fellow who worked for us for years who bought it. The, and it got foreclosed on during the pandemic. During the pandemic, it got foreclosed on. A lot of people hear, pandemic. Yes, I, that's what I said. And you're like, what do you mean? Let's deconstruct this a little bit. Since, let me go back to pandemic. My father, before he opened the spoken wheel, sold for J.B. Cyril for two, over two decades, big pharma. That's what he did. He got out of it because he saw the corruption in big pharma. That's why he got out. And he said to me when I was eight years old, Bill, don't let any doctor ever, ever tell you herbs don't work. Most drugs come from herbs. Did you know aspirin come from white willow bark? I said, no, dad. He says, and I'll tell you what, I'm nothing but a glorified drug pressure. Most doctors I know use herbs. I'm like, what do you mean? They smoke marijuana and take opiates. Those are herbs. So I've made, I'm going to make videos. I made a short one on vaccine horrors. I'm going to make more. I've made uh, on other platforms. Uh, in fact, uh, Skywatch with Shaw and Shaw and Chris, I forget Chris's last name, did a couple there. And we opened up about the vaccine and other issues. But there's all kinds of evidence. Even, here's one for you. PubMed, Open Access Medical Journal, National Institute of Health Library. Peer-reviewed. Most of those are peer-reviewed. If they have one that's not, they'll tell you ahead of time, you know, that this is a preprint, they call it. Boy, I'll tell you what, there's early therapeutics that are on PubMed 2005. Virology Medical. Chloroquine, safe and effective for coronavirus. 2005, Virology Medical. Chloroquine, safe and effective for coronavirus. Remember we had COVID, SARS-1? 2010. Zinc and zinc ionophores, and these are effective versus coronavirus and antivirus. 
let me give you the whole title, but if you just use that as in your searches, zinc and zinc ionophores effective for coronavirus inhibits, coronavirus inhibits, that's the medical term, and enteroviruses. That includes polio, by the way. Don't forget, anyone who believes in the Gospels knows that it's cited in the Gospels that the medicine is in the fruits of the trees, the leaves, the barks, the 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 herbs. So I contend that's where I go back to. Even when I fight the law, I'm always quoting the Gospels. Because that's the law of the rule book I go by. Now, so 2010, the, the medical title, the whole title, is ZN, these two plus, zinc, inhibits coronavirus and enterovirus, RNA polymerase, don't say that word often, polymerase activity in vitro, and zinc ionophores block the replication of these viruses in cell culture. If you read the text, that includes polio. Now in New York, now they're saying there's a potential outbreak of polio. Let me give you another one, just to drop some little seeds here. You know, they talked about monkeypox, right? Ooh, monkeypox. Well, 1863, British Medical Journal, Saracena purpuri, effective against smallpox. Well, monkeypox is in the same family. By the way, if, you've, if you're 50 or older, you've gotten the smallpox vaccine, which they say is 85% effective versus monkeypox. Did you hear that in the press? If you're over 50, you've already gotten the smallpox vaccine. Now that, I believe, was an attenuated virus. What's that mean? They, they take the whole virus and they weaken it or they deaden it. And that's what you get injected with, with some other things. It's not this gene therapy they call platform, mRNA platform. It's not. So you can have a vaccine that you took from a child. It's still 85% effective for smallpox, monkeypox. Look it up. Don't take my word for it. Or you can go the herbal route to add a little beef up your immune system if you want or your defenses. Yeah, how many boosters they've been up to now? You got to start to wonder, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, plus, let's not forget, Trump, Chris Christie, Ben Carson, all got early therapeutics. That's all there was. Hydroxychloroquine, monoclonal antibodies. They may have gotten ivermectin. We don't really know. I know uh, frontline COVID critical care doctors, Dr. Pierre Corey says he knew of up to a couple hundred uh legislators in Washington that are on ivermectin. Did you know that? No. American Journal of Therapeutics. There's a meta-analysis. You'll find an American Journal of Therapeutics on ivermectin, meta-analysis, 18 studies, ivermectin safe and effective for all stages of COVID-19. So you have to ask yourself, where's, where's the need for emergency use authorization? When there's all these other ways that you're not to mention, right down the road here at the University of Bridgeport, there's a naturopathic clinic and people who have 
doctorates and master's degree who work and teach out of it. Do you know they have a partnership with Yale New Haven Hospital? It's true. And when I was getting brain MRIs and they were tracking a pituitary tumor for four years, I was two years at Sloan Kettering and then two years at Yale Smilo, they assigned me an integrative doctor. What's that, Bill? Dr. Aether Ali was a professor, where? At the University of Bridgeport Naturopathic College, working at Yale as an integrative doctor, prescribing herbal and vitamin supplements to me, the patient, who's a patient of the Yale Pituitary Endocrine Disorder Clinic, Dr. Nzuki at the time, coming from New York, Sloan, Dr. Jairotra, where I transferred my care because I live in Connecticut. I was originally referred to New York by my naturopath of all people, Jenny Holdorf, who had graduated from UB, naturopathic college, and then became a professor herself. I think medicines are many different modalities. And clearly there's hard evidence of that. And a lot of people have heard of echinacea and vitamin C and all vitamin E now, D3, D3 especially, and zinc. So, you know, anyway, you treat yourself any way you feel you, you need to. But I want to touch on one other thing about the food industry and glyphosates. I know I kind of lost my previous thought. And I kind of do that. There's so many layers of this and I'm bouncing around. I don't have anyone to talk to, so I'm just running with it, right? I have general notes I want to cover, but I kind of let it go as it comes to mind. And so do you know that glyphosates are in Roundup? That's what the weed eater, that's the name, glyphosates. And there's a study printed or uh, covered in The Guardian. Oh, good. I got a call. Hang on, Shaw. I'm going to make you. I'm going to. Here's Sean Shaw, the king of kings. Come on in, Shaw. Let me make my point on glyphosates. Hi, brother. Let me. Do you want to be a speaker? Uh, I only have a few minutes. I was on the road, even though you mentioned, you know, herbs, and that's something I could have chimed in on earlier, but uh, best to keep my eyes on the road while I'm driving. Go ahead. I pulled over for a bit just to say you're doing great, brother, um, and just keep up the great work um, and keep inspiring people. And the only way we're going to, you know, make our way out of this is together by being unafraid. So keep up the great work, keep at it, and uh, look forward to talking to you later, brother. All right. Thank you. Shaw is trying to help me because I'm an idiot when it comes to IT IT for idiots, I need the book. And so he's put up links in the, um, uh, what do you call it, the show notes? Or the just, there's links here if you want to try and help support uh, what we're doing in any way. So there are options there. You can do that if you choose. So anyway, regarding glyphosates, look, if you're going to build a house, you got to have a good foundation, right? You build it on a bad foundation. It even says in the Gospels, it's going to get washed away, right? or bad foundation, crack foundation. So think, consider this. 
in your gut, you digest the food you need for your immune system. All the, all everything you need comes from your gut, right? You got to eat it and drink it, and your body converts it in certain ways due to the healthy bacteria in your gut, and then. You build up a defense, your innate immune system, and your natural killer cells, and I'm not a doctor, but just thumbnail version, okay? So, with that in mind, glyphosate's Guardian, January, February, March, April, May 2018, glyphosate's destroyed gut health. Did you catch that? You might say, Bill, I don't use Roundup. Your commercial produce and grains are sprayed with glyphosate. It's a weed, it's a weed abater and a killer. So when you're eating lettuce and celery and strawberries without a skin, basically you eat the whole thing, right? You're ingesting glyphosates. You don't believe me, read the article and read the studies cited in the article. Obviously you can go to links. So, we have to start with a fundamental gut health to have overall health. Now, you might say, well, Bill, you had a tumor and, you know, yeah, it's in remission. My uncle had the same tumor, it killed him. My father had what's called an ectopic tumor on his adrenals. They didn't find it until he was almost dead. Severe PTO, uh, uh, what do you call that? Not PTSD, I'm confused. That's what they diagnosed me with. Severe um, congestive heart failure. Metabolic syndrome. That has a lot to do with. Oh, do I have someone who wants to talk? Let's see. Justin? Did, can it, Hold on now. So Shaw's not with us anymore. So I'm learning this app. So what I need to do oh, is. I'm, I'm oh, you're still here, Shaw? Should I make you a speaker so Justin can come in? Yeah, sure. Okay. So you're invited to speak, Shaw. And we got Justin. Justin, I'm going to invite you in uh, as a caller. Glyphosate runs so deep, though, Bill, while we're on the subject. Uh, and it even goes into why the organic label on foods are kind of uh, garbage, because they're still allowed to use glyphosate and Roundup on organic products. So how do I know this? Uh, basically, I was researching... Uh, almonds because I started getting sick from drinking store-bought almond milk a few months ago probably sometime very early after the beginning of the year and had to do some research about you know why drinking that was making me sick and looking into I mean eventually getting into the camp of having to make it myself um, sourcing almonds without glyphosate and roundup and preservative or preservatives of any kind. Also, there's steam pasteurization that's really bad for raw food. So if you want a raw almond without any of those things done to it, it's impossible to source them in the U.S. because they all come from California. So I had to start importing them from Europe to get them without glyphosate. Wow, thank you for sharing that, Sean. I didn't know any of that. I thought it was organic. Well, I know USDA organic has been completely watered down. That I know. So that obviously dovetails and validates what you're saying and validates what I know about that. How, how do I know that? Real quick. When I was in Santa Barbara, I got involved with the farming community 
I was working at a produce market called Dave's Market, actually in Carpinteria, and I, all the farmers would come in, and we, you know, Dave would buy their product and we'd sell it. And so I started going to farm meetings, and this is back in the mid '90s. And they had independent certifying bodies, small certifying bodies for organic, and they were furious that the USDA was going to muscle in on that because they knew they'd ruin it. And that's what's happened, and that's what Shaw is saying, pretty much. So it's not really organic anymore based on the old standard. And that, that really does a dirty to farmers. Plus they changed the transition time. Used to be if you had a something grown commercially on the land, it takes seven years to transition to organic. Now it's three, they knocked that back and they did all kinds of other shenanigans like Shaw is saying. So anyway, so Justin, did you wanna jump in here? Well, yeah, hello, good afternoon. How are you today? Good afternoon. Good. Um, well, um, yeah, I wanted to, uh, I guess, chime in a little bit on uh, glyphosate. Um, I'm a little versed in, in glyphosate. I can tell you a few things about it. Um, I forget which Please. chemical initially uh, made it, but it was uh, originally made as uh, in a, like an industrial solvent as like a chelator. Okay. So, so it would actually take um, mineral uh, mineral deposits off of metal and things because what it does is it acts like a chelator and it like if it finds um, mineral compounds in any sort of uh, living environment ecosystem it actually says hey i'm a i'm gonna act like a strong chaperone and it takes the mineral content out the mineral content out of just about uh anything that is alive that needs like you know trace minerals like uh, magnesium, uh, copper for one. Uh, copper is a really good um, uh, trace mineral that has a lot to do with uh, your health and like neurological function and, um, and everything else. But anyway, uh, yeah, so glyphosate, we know it's pretty terrible. It was used as a, as a defoliant because the way that it works is that it gets into the plant and then sucks up all of the minerals that the plant needs to survive and continue life. So um, it's legal to sell uh, commercially as Roundup, but you know in Europe it's been banned. And I don't know if uh, who's working against that to get that ban overturned in Europe, but I think they have uh, a different culture over there. Not that I can really speak to that, not having traveled there for any extended period of time uh, recently. If, if ever, except for maybe one time. Um, and I was too young to really understand anything that I know now. And uh, one thing that I wanted to say about glyphosate is that I used to live in um, the New Jersey Highlands. I don't know if you're familiar with where that is, but it's like the, the northern part of New Jersey where there's like several counties. There's like Sussex County, Passaic County, Morris County. Um, I guess you could say parts of Bergen County, like kind of just bordering along the... Uh, you know, the upper corner bordering New York and uh, Pennsylvania. And up there in the, the state of New Jersey, they passed the uh, the Highlands Act. And the Highlands Act is this thing to kind of prevent development up there because it's uh, a lot of people in government recognize it, or not even in government, it wasn't even in government. There was like local uh, local movements to get this legislation passed because it would protect the Highlands from uh, development because it is an important uh, watershed and water filtration like resource 
um, in the town that I used to live in, um, I was uh, linked in with um, some folks that were working to try and get the town to stop spraying glyphosate on the roadside. Because what they would do is they would get glyphosate and instead of mowing the sides of the roads to clean up the infrastructure from the, over, the overgrowth of, I'm sorry, the overgrowth of like grass and foliage so that you could see signs or like guardrails, they would just go around and spray the sides of the roads. In this um, uh, environmentally protected segment of New Jersey, which is home to a lot of uh, watershed and um, uh, reservoirs. So there's a lot of reservoirs in northern New Jersey. In fact, the city of Newark, they get their water from the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the Newark watershed, which is actually up in this part of New Jersey. It's not in Newark, but it's like more north up, like in Passaic County, in uh, a very large town called uh, West Milford. And there's the, uh, the watershed, it's like protected land area, and they open it up for like permits for like hiking, outdoor recreation, like hunting, no camping, no canoeing, but you can do fishing and you can ride horses and stuff. So um, in this part of New Jersey where there's literally like, you know, like you have your local roads, then you have like your county roads, and then you have like your state roads, and then you also have like your federal roads. Um, a lot of these roads would just like go past like, oh, there's another reservoir. Oh, there's another reservoir. Hey, there's this other reservoir. Or there's this like watershed area. And in all these places, like right next to the reservoir, they'd be spraying glyphosate on the guardrails of the road and the side of the road. Oh, so you'd God. be driving around and you'd be like, oh, it's like beautiful, green, lush, verdant area. And oh, all this this guardrail has all this dead grass <laughs> around it and you're like oh i guess it's really clean and it's nice to see that guardrail i guess but that's not even the point and it's just it's so sinister because they're literally spraying this awful toxic industrial chelator that causes so many health problems and literally causes you know like endocrine disruption um i i guess it's a carcinogen right i mean it just like it literally is an agent of death and they're spraying it like right into the ground where it's like leaching and seeping into the the groundwater and the water table which is going down to like say the city of Newark where they're they're getting their water huh. yeah and um, the town like you know I was I was looped in with uh, a group of uh, local activists when I lived there they were able to get the town to pass a year long resolution or where they would try to have mowers uh, going through the town instead of doing uh, the glyphosate spraying, which everyone, you know, was bringing up these studies to say like, oh yeah, it's, it's safe because they don't really find it in the ground after a certain period of time. However, the, the flaw behind that argument is that it breaks down and forms other comp other compounds which are also yet still harmful but because they're not exactly glyphosate anymore they don't necessarily show up um i guess yeah so i mean glyphosate 
it's it's terrible and yes there's like a, a it almost seems like a, a coordinated like multi uh i don't want to say multi-tier not tier but like there's like several avenues in which it's kind of being like forced on us like though for instance like the industrial agriculture like food system like you know it's really hard to find um oh, i guess conventional wheat me, if you can call it conventional me, wheat let me help you out um it's a multi-dimensional multi-faceted dimensional attack on all of our mental health our psyches and and whatnot and there are common actors as um bill likes to talk, bill and i do love to talk about um to tie up agriculture uh and as you were saying european culture um who's fighting over there to make it unbanned in europe well, it's the same people that are spreading it all around here and the same people that are making farmers in India commit suicide and have, making them have a huge protest. It all leads back to Bill Gates. You know, he owns Monsanto um, and big agriculture, and he's escalating his attack on our country now, um, not just through glyphosate. Uh, more recently, there's been reports put out about uh, an insect killer that's being marketed as a green alternative and all that good stuff. And then on the other side, it has endocrine disrupting capabilities and uh, just precursors that are meant to, as you're saying, cause and influence death in a lot of uh, situations. But from their perspective, what they say is that if people aren't looking up the safety data of the stuff that they're going to spray on their own lawns, then do those people actually care about their kids? And if they, they don't, like if they don't care enough to read those warning labels, where in some cases it does say that like this can cause problems in your pets, this can cause problems in your, you know, like don't get it on your eyes, don't get it on your hands, but they'll still sell it on the shelf in Home Depot and let people make those mistakes. And in their eyes, those people deserve it. And it's complete, pure evil, in my opinion. And it's the same evil that um, keeps people like Bill and I down when we try to fight it. Yeah, let me, um, Justin, thank you so much. I mean, it, I, it's shocking, isn't it, guys? Uh, it brings to mind, I'm going to refer you to something to consider, Justin. Stopthecrime.net. A Deborah Traveris, best of my recollection, stop the crime. I think it's .net, not .org, pretty sure. Deborah Traveris, she's got a great site. And basically, in a nutshell, if one takes a 60,000-foot view of looking on everything, the forces working to basically destroy humanity for profit are so systemic and systematic, right, as the title of the of the room is, the evil, corrupt, I just call them Mephistophelian minions that have sold their souls. Children, right, Justin? Children, babies who are most vulnerable, elderly, wildlife. It's, 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 it's crimes against humanity. Yeah. Go ahead, brother. Oh, hey. Um, 
Yeah, sorry, I was just uh, doing something. I had to mute myself. Sure. Um, yeah, so uh, they they still, like, so they did that on the town level, right? And they had a, a year-long uh, test where they were going to try and hire mowers again to mm-hmm. mow the sides of the roads. But that was, but then it only, it only goes to, uh, like, the the town roads. And yet the county roads um, and the state roads and as I find also, like when I was driving uh, across country recently, well, across, not across the whole country, but I was taking a road trip, uh, crossing state lines, as they like to say. Um, I noticed it's like, yeah, they just they're sp- they're spraying the uh, the highway infrastructure, like everywhere. They're just spraying it, so like you'll just see all this dead foliage everywhere. And uh, they're still doing it on the uh, the state roads, and all the state ones are the ones that are the closest to the the uh, the reservoirs and the water table and the drinking water for so many people. And um, you know, like to draw parallels of, of water water management and water management gone gone wrong. If you take a look at what what happened in Flint, Michigan, like taking from the uh, I forget which river it was, but because the river was so polluted, it was the pollution that interacted with uh, the pipes and the infrastructure, which leached all the lead out. And then if you have, like, say, um, you know, an industrial chelator that literally just takes minerals out of things because it's it's uh, such a, a forceful, like, uh, mineral chaperone that, like, prefers, you know, like, minerals can't can't resist glyphosate they can't turn it down they're just like damn glyphosate you're so so sexy or something like that i don't know i'm sorry i shouldn't really joke about this but um you know it makes it makes you uh wonder it's like why is it intentional (laughs) i mean like and then of course my my hunch is that like of course it's intentional of course but i mean that's my my opinion and it's going to take a lot of cajoling to try and uh, get me to not believe that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's like if I remember like several years ago, because like when I lived in the area, I would also like go hiking in the watershed because, you know, I, I like, I like it. It's a very beautiful place to explore. It's protected and you get to check it out and see, uh, the beauty of the natural world in like a more uh, pristine way than say like other places. And because I got a permit through the, uh, the New York watershed commission, I was, my, my number was also on this list for the, uh, the city of Newark, New Jersey. And I would get like phone calls and there would be like issues. There was a, a crisis. I don't, I haven't, been able to keep up with it much myself, but there was a similar water, lead in the water emergency situation going on in Newark, New Jersey as well. And, you know, if you have something that's acting like a, an industrial chelator in a water supply going through uh, old lead water infrastructure for like drinking water, like it's gonna, it's gonna interact and it's gonna pull that out. And it's, yeah, anyway. Justin, let me comment on that. Um, oh, wow. Go ahead. Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying there. And that's, wow, I, 
wasn't aware of that layer of the attack. That I mean, I never put that together that the glyphosate was causing the lead the lead decomposition. Thank you. Wow. I mean, but it is yes, just another layer of of this attack. And uh, I wanted to read a quote, um, and I obviously can't say who who it's by because uh, CNN will call this person a white supremacist and call me a white supremacist for quoting him. But it says, your children are turned into mindless vassals. They look up to some twit instead of something great, going into space, mathematicians, quantum mechanics, the secrets of the universe. It's all there. Life is firing with its beauty, its incredible detail and tuning into it. They want to shatter your mind off from it. It's pure evil. They're taking your intellect and your soul and giving you Michael Jordan and Justin Bieber. Unlock your human potential. Defeat. Yeah, I mean, um, and that's me getting that was beautiful. Thank you, Shaw. Uh, Justin, yes, I recall, you know, uh, when the Flint issue hit, uh, going back, uh, to, I think, to 2017, there was an article in USA Today that it was known that there was 2,000 water districts where the lead level was well above what the EPA determined was safe. And then any level of lead is for young children is not safe. Um, and uh, of course, they're not, they didn't make that list public. Who, what 2,000 water districts? It's all over. These old cities, all the pipes uh, and, a lot, and a lot of old homes should be replaced. But of course, we're too busy, aren't we, with an 800 and what is it now, $30 billion military budget that with 35 trillion unaccounted for in Pentagon audits, some people say if they're saying 35 trillion is unaccounted for, it's probably 70 trillion. You know what I mean? It's like, this is madness. It's absolute madness. And I go back to, you know, because I grew up, pardon me, Catholic, I'm not Catholic anymore, I'm recovering. I consider myself just trying to get in touch with the power that beats my heart. And I reference it through the Christian, you know, framework, because that's what I'm familiar with. That it's the Satan fell with one third of the angels to real civilization, brother. And the book of Job pretty much lays it out. And Matthew 23, the seven woes of hypocrites, where Jesus cites the the evil of this world um I, I i don't know what else to say other than uh jesus said we're not of this world he's not of this world and uh, uh what does a profit a man to gain the entire riches of this world and sell his soul so that's this is to me this place is a training ground for our souls and this evil we see rampant throughout the world this warmongering this abuse, this starvation, the famine, everything is due to evil. And uh, this is like training ground for the soul. You know, I believe we live many lifetimes personally. I, uh, Jesus said that John the Baptist was Elijah come again. And so one lifetime in God's eyes may be many, many incarnations for all we know. A lot of devout Catholics will... They say I'm speaking heresy. That's fine. That's my perspective. And if we're the most intelligent, as George Collins said, if we're the most intelligent species in the universe, then God is like a bad temp, you know, basically having a tantrum, you know. So 
I can't buy any of that. There's got to be in this great cosmos, carbon-based cosmos, higher intelligent forms of life. We can't be the as good as look at our brain. They say even Einstein only used five percent of it. So isn't this sort of a interesting situation? And one has to ask, why do we think of flying saucers as somehow foo-foo craziness? What makes us think that we're the most advanced species when we look at the way the, 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 the earth is run? This world, I shouldn't say the earth. We have, we have nature, mother nature, which is obviously of God, of a higher power. I don't have anything to do with what's digesting my food or how, my sleeping hours. There's a saying in the gospel, you know not whether the wind cometh or goeth. You know not how the bones are formed in a mother's womb with child. You know not the ways of God. So what we do see is the seven deadly sins ruling this world, I would say. The greed, the pride, you know, and all the rest. Um, what does the American Indian say? That you got a black wolf on one shoulder and a white wolf on the other, and the one that grows depends on which one you feed, and that we're all individuals. We're here to learn, to grow, to get stronger. I believe our souls live many lifetimes, and we're going to experience. God has to have a training ground. But you know what movie I like? I think of Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. To me, that's kind of emblematic. Sometimes Hollywood gets a handle on things. Another one is Defending Your Life with Rip Torn. That's the comedian's name, Rip Torn. Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep. I think that's another good one, personally. Very, both very spiritual movies, in a sense. Now, my other favorite movie, just to round that up, my top three, is The Story of Us with Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer, Rob Reiner movie. Uh, anyone who's interested in that can see. What I, oh, oh, and legally, I like, of course, Aaron Brockovich for societal and legal justice to some degree. It's never justice when people die from cancers and leukemias. No money can bring back those loved ones or compensate for their suffering. And then the movie Civil Action with John Travolta, Robert Duvall, which bases on a true story, and Wilberg Mass on a similar situation is what happened. And Wilberg Mass has happened in, um, around the world with our corrupt corporations and pump and dump procedures that pollute groundwater and river runoff, everything, water runoff into rivers, you name it, soil, all for profit. One after, I mean, if you step back and look at what happened to Donzinger in the Chevron Texaco trials, where he won in Ecuador for those victims of Chevron pump and dump procedures and the illnesses they suffered and suffer. $9.6 billion, even the appellates in Ecuador. But oh no, Chevron had pull here, pull him back to New York, put him into court, and he gets cited for contempt because he wouldn't turn over his laptop and his cell phone, he has confidentiality clauses he has to uphold with his clients. So the opposing counsel went on what's legally called a fishing expedition. So if you were Dozinger, you'd object saying this is a fishing expedition. They're looking for whatever. They have no grounds to look for any crime. I haven't done anything. Didn't matter. Without a jury, the judge puts him in house arrest and then eventually puts him in prison. This went on for almost a thousand days. 
he got convicted without a jury by default because he's supposedly in contempt, convicted of the crime, and he gets it turned over in the appellates, his legal team. They never had anything on him. The legal process became the punishment. He's not guilty of any crime, yet he spent all this time in house arrest and time in prison doing what? Fighting for the civil rights of, of the masses. Because this case is emblematic, ladies and gentlemen, the Donzinger case. It's called this Lawfare. Is, I'm sorry, what'd you say, Sean? It's called Lawfare. Like yeah, there's, Lawfare. There's called war, it's Warfare, and then there's Lawfare now. Indeed. Indeed, that's for sure. And um, I noticed Ali was in the listening for a while, and he, apparently, I, I saw a notification, he does call-ins. He's got one called Lawfare, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it's scheduled if you go to call-in on the, you know, the calendar. I think it's this evening. Don't quote me on that, but you can, I'm going to try and start listening to Ali on Lawfare. Ali Alexander, I think his name is, if I'm not mistaken. He's left the live chat now, but uh, he didn't want to come in. I was talking about issues I thought he might be interested in, but apparently not. And, uh, but of course he's, I think he actually is a lawyer, if I'm not mistaken. He has lawyers that work for him. At least that's reading some of his stuff on, uh, I, I kind of got that impression. So of course he, he can't really speak in the public domain on this, really. He can moderate a room, but he can't really comment much, I don't think. Other than sight, the blatant obvious, you know what I mean? So, um, anyway, he's got his law license, and I think he has experienced lawfare from the system. You know, another woman who did a lost her law license was uh, was banned in Virginia for uh, lost her law degree. His uh, law license, you can't lose your law degree, uh, was Linda Kennedy, allegedly for insubordination, for speaking these truths in the public domain on a podcast she used to do, a Christian lawyer. And so she wrote a, a book, which I can't find. I can only find articles on it on TulaneLink.com and other sites. It's called The Litigation Vortex. Um, let's see. A holodeck law, like, you know, the holodeck uh, on, the, on Star Trek. Holodeck law, the litigation vortex. And she got disbarred. And the superiors, uh, she took it to the Superior Court in Virginia and the Supreme Court. And all she did was talk on her podcast about things you and I, all of us can see, the law fear. She got disbarred. They said she was providing legal assistance for free to, 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 to pro se self-represented parties. God forbid you help out someone who's indigent with some legal advice in Virginia over the podcast. That's insubordination. That's how corrupt it is. That she was undermining their crimes of the state, the American Bar Association, and the criminal justice system, which is totally criminal. And my cases are emblematic and all levels. And uh, she got disbarred. There's another book called The Fraternity. Former Judge Fitzpatrick Malloy, who retired and said he had to write the book. The fraternity is on the collusions of judges and attorneys. So it's gotten so bad he had to write the book. You can find links to both of those online on TulaneLink.com, but they're, they're also posted on other sites. And yet this goes on. It just goes on, it goes on, and never ends. You know, so um, we're living in, I think, and I know people don't like to hear this, but 
I personally, again, relate it back to the Gospels, and I think we're in the time of the, the time of martyrs. The fifth seal's been broken of the apocalypse. I think the four horsemen are upon the earth. It's just my opinion. I don't need to elaborate on it. People can look into it if they want. I think we're living in the time of martyrs, and things are going to get worse before they get better. And, you know, I don't say anything stopping it. The whole point is to train the soul, because as Jesus said, only those who are willing to pick up their cross and follow me are worthy for heaven, to go into heaven. The cross is carrying your burdens. Pick and follow him where? Up the Via de la Rosa, the road of suffering, to Calvary, to be persecuted, being persecuted. And of course, we'll never be nailed to a cross like him, but persecuted in whatever way that the, the evil of this world would do it. You know, that's my context. Uh, of course, talking all different levels. But I know a lot of people don't see things in that light. There's other, many other religions, and people think religion is a control mechanism. Well, I suppose on a lot of levels, certainly we have the doctrine of discovery. The Catholic Church, I think that was Pope Alexander the Sixth in the, I don't know, it was 1423, 1400s, which the Western Europeans used to rape, pillage, and plunder. The doctrine of discovery. So yeah, of course I have my issues with all that and the crimes and the against humanity by churches around the world. I don't deny those things. That's why I say I'm a recovering Catholic. <laughs> so anyway, so we got four listeners. How you doing, Pedro? And I appreciate you listening, everybody else. There he is. Pedro would like to speak now. We're, Jonathan, in order to bring... There we go. Thank you for making room for Pedro. Let's say hello to Pedro. Hola, como esta? Uh, <clears throat> all good, uh, all good, uh, William. Uh, so I just wanted to say there is a, uh, a show at 4 p.m. by Kevin Gostola. He's a journalist based in, in Chicago that I sent yeah. you the link on the private message. I don't know if you saw Yeah, it. you did. Is that, is that Central Time? I don't know. Is that Eastern Time? I'm not sure. Uh, Eastern Time is in half an hour oh. from now. Oh, good. I'll, you know what? I, I did make note of that. Thank you. I, you had sent me a previous link I have to follow up on, and I really appreciate that, Pedro. In fact, I'm getting a little tired here. I'm My my legs and my back with uh, the surgeries I need, the, 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 the I got sciatic pain and everything. So I'm going to probably close this room soon but i want to give you i'm not needing to jump off now pedro do you want to talk to us give us a piece of your mind and your heart and soul come on man open up brother you got anything <laughs> uh, i mean i i really don't have anything to say i mean i don't feel the need to to speak about myself actually i don't like to speak about myself actually i don't let's rephrase that i don't like to talk much okay so yeah uh but uh uh, uh, go to the Kevin Gostola room and talk talk with him about your story. I appreciate that. I will. So that Sunday's at four. That's great to no, know. No, 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 no. It's right now. It's in half an hour. Oh, oh. He starts at four. Or he started at three. Eastern. It's three thirty-four Eastern time here. Okay, I, I'm also on Eastern time. It's at four p.m. Eastern time. Okay, so we got we got we got twenty-five minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm just okay. saying, go go to his show, tell your yeah. story to to him, it's and to everybody. I'm sure everybody will love it. I'm sure. Yeah, I'll he, do that. Because he is really into the 
the prison reform movement is yes, actually, it is. is actually doing something right he has he has a journal it's him and another guy called uh, Brian his co-host I don't know if he's gonna be there okay and uh, so uh, so I know you are very much into that action you know it's, yes it's your it's your thing right yeah, I think I can add a lot to that. And it's great that there's someone who would want to have discourse on that level. So there's plenty, I, as you know, that I appreciate you referring me to that. And I, I will do that. So what I'm going to do is, uh, Shaw, did you want to take over for a bit? Or should I close the room? Because I got to take care of some personal needs, take a break, and uh, maybe do that four o'clock thing. What do you think? Likewise, Bill, I do have to get going. Um, but you're doing great. Uh, take care. Talk to you later. Okay, I'll end the show by citing the links in the room you can go to if you want to help support what we're doing here. Um, quickly, with all my advocacy and the retaliations I've experienced, even though I'm disabled and I totally qualify on SSDI for disability housing, they're obstructing me here in Corrupticate fraudulently. They uh, wouldn't even send me an application. I'm told I'm being pre-screened. They attempted to have me arrested when I pushed it and said, do you have no right to do that? You know, of course, it was a police department had already illegally arrested me and prosecutors had already illegally prosecuted me. So I was like, hey, make my day. Go ahead. Arrest me again. Make my friggin' day. We'll open up the whole can of worms. And that wipes out any statute of limitations issue that could be brought up by a corrupt judge because from date of arrest, you have three years to file civil suits, which I did, which they arrested me for litigating. I mean, you can't believe it here. So, of course, they wouldn't re-arrest me and open up the can of worms. They're obstructing me illegally. It's completely corrupt here. And so I'm going to keep doing it. I, by the way, I wouldn't take the gag order and the money to shut up from Fordham University Board of Trustees who refer me to Detroit Law in New York, New York with the church handled, hired a former U.S. attorney, David Kelly. But of course, they want you to take the money with a gag order. I told them to take that money and stick it where the, the dark clouds are between their ears and their corruption and forget about it. If I had taken the money, you wouldn't hear me today. So, you know, that's what they do. Then they cancel my appointment with Catholic Charities for disability housing with the Catholic Church because I wouldn't take the money and be quiet. They don't want me living in their facilities. Tell them the truth. Can't do that, even though they're supposed to be about the Ten Commandments. And the Ninth Commandment is thou shalt not bear false witness, which they do all the time. Unbelievable. Who runs this world? Who runs this world? Anyway, so... Brothers and sisters, I am going to say good afternoon and thank you so much for listening. Um, there are other episodes that you can see. Our first one was on 9-11 Truthers. That's was made on 9-11. And then I've made a series of episodes covering the Alex Jones civil matters from both sides, trying to be objective as possible from the side of the plaintiffs and the litigants based on what I've learned and I'm um, discussing that there openly. And then uh, these are in the news today. These are things that are important to people today and the corruption. And we did a really good one yesterday that went on for over eight hours 
was it yesterday? It's all a blur. And that's posted on, uh, on, on our site um, in the People's Corner. And there's other ones you can see they're sprinkled throughout. I think we have nine episodes now. This will be the 10th. And I'm just going to keep doing this work and keep speaking for the people. And uh, in the pe- so from In the People's Corner, hailing from Corrupticut, the unconstitutional state, the undisputed super heavyweight civil rights activist. I am over 400 pounds. I don't think there's many who are this big in this state. I haven't seen any in and out of the courthouse. Anyway, <laughs> the Italian Clydesdale, Bonatati. Over and out. God bless everybody.